previously on Godcast. And I have an imaginary hot rubber ducky somewhere. And anyways, we'll see you all you next time. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Don't you fucking mention... Oh my god. Don't you fucking mention that. Holy shit. Don't you fucking dare mention this fucking thing. Give me one second. This motherfucker went in the meme, went in the meme section of the Discord. And he calls me. And then... I go back to the Discord eventually, and I like I, I, I look, and it defaults to memes. I, I don't know why, but this, this fucking thing exists. Why? Who the fuck makes these things? Well, that just means that we have to get one for alpaca. Ah! <laughs> Now get ready for the time of your life, cause you are now watching Godcast. Everybody, welcome to Gawcat, the show Rubber Duckies are the Nightmare Alpaca now. I'm your host, Hydrowave99, and I'm joined here today with Blue Alpaca. How are you today? I am good. I just got like an encoder uh, error, but I'm okay. Woo! Alright. <laughs> uh, please, I, that haven't had plenty of times this show already. Oh, yeah. But, eh. Anyways... <laughs> Yeah. So by the time this episode comes out, you know, we've just gotten done with our mega episode of episode 23. A month in the making. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, I guess some time warp thing, I I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Caused by the by Fluff Alpaca having sex with Arizir Felix. Fun times there. I don't want to be involved in this. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, well, that was fun. Uh, not really. Yeah. So, I'll back up. Between the recording of episode 23 and here, has anything else been new with you or not much? Uh... Mm. No, uh, the car uh, battery got frozen to death and then had to be like uh, rebooted, I guess, or Ooh. charged again, jumped, basically. <sighs> that sucks. Um, I mean, eh, nothing, nothing super big, but just life, you know. Yeah, as I we hear. all have it. Huh? I hear you. Yep. So, I mean, we still have quite a bit of news topics here to go through today. I mean, between more updates on the Activision Blizzard acquisition and a whole slew of things. Yeah, certainly. 
And more things about rubber duckies, too. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, as we all know, uh, uh, I don't know, as we all know, um, with rubber duck, uh, comes parody. And with rubber duck, this exists. Thankfully, it's only an illusion. You can actually buy this rubber duck too. Uh, if you go on GameStop, they actually sell it on their website. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and it's like, uh, how much was it again? It's like 15 or 16 bucks for this special ducky, along with one of Metal Gear Solid, Snake. That's something, I guess. Ah, it's some fun um, rubber duckies. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> Anyways, um... I mean, Alpaco's gifted a rubber ducky, too. He has one. Uh, yeah, I have one in the chat. Um, <laughs> it, it's... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it other than, um... Uh, not the one in the memes Discord, though. The, uh, one, uh... In the private messages. I mean, this is the uh, one that... But I, I did get, like, a Walt... I did get a wallpaper like uh, update on my desktop as well, um, and then you know, so I mean that's all I've really been doing. But uh, I, I mean the other th thing is uh, you know, uh, imagine a Hatsune Miku rubber duck, you know? Yeah, and... this one over here especially. Which is not showing my TV screen because it kind of been a little slow. So I'm going to just disable that a little quick. And yeah, then we can get going on everything else that needs to get done here pretty soon. Um, we do have some updates for, you know, the Godcast as a whole is that we are currently in the works of expanding it to another platform. Uh, I will have a proper update as to when I'll have all my other peeps go check it out on that platform. But I've noticed that when I put mo the audio version of it on this platform, I already got another 50 downloads. Which was pretty cool to me, honestly. I, you know, I didn't think it was going to be adopted that fast over there, so. Oh, yes. But that's actually really uh, interesting. You know, uh, we it wasn't even announced, you know. Though hopefully it draws a bit more traffic, of course. Like uh, the attention you tried to divert to your uh, background wallpaper um, on your TV, which is fucking terrifying, you know. <laughs> if, if only I noticed it sooner, you know. Um, just... <laughs> For, for anybody watching the video, just uh, 
take a few steps back, you know, a few minutes ago, and uh, uh, I only just caught on to this. The only reason that this fucking guy was, uh, you know, trying to divert attention to his camera and divert attention to the rubber duckies was because he knows something that I don't. He knows about this motherfucking thing. Welcome to Gawcat. This is the Rubber Ducky episode. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, the Rubber Ducky episode where... Uh, uh, well... Bath time has never been more enjoyable. No, it uh, definitely is not as scary as you think. <laughs> it's definitely not as scary as uh, a Rubber Ducky version of my avatar, which actually would fit the bill quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, in the background, I'm probably going to uh, try to make one of those, make it into a rubber ducky. <laughs> At least we didn't get a rubber ducky of someone else that we know. Shut it. <laughs> that rubber ducky will be terrified. That rubber ducky would be, uh, 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 objective ended and ejected. <laughs> it would have been sus and an imposter. Yep. Anyways, I'm going to get some news started over here. Some eager news, some good old fashioned news. That the rubber ducks would have enjoyed. No, they wouldn't have. Okay, true. Rubber duckies would have probably been uh, brain dead about it. But before we get to the news of this week, Alpaca. Yeah. Tell us about this specific event that happened here. Oh, the uh, cyber attack thing? Yeah, from North Korea. Okay, so apparently... Uh, um, apparently there was like a... Uh, so... Um, there was a... Uh, an attack launched by what appears to be the Lazarus Group um, and North Korean... Um, hacking group uh they used windows update and github um to uh to send it out now the thing is is that uh this doesn't mean that if you updated windows that you're you know doomed um apparently it's against lockheed martin uh i guess it's i i personally i don't know much about them uh but uh, it was, you know, uh, 
so malwarebytes uh, researchers and security engineers um, believe that it was from Lazarus because uh, it was it was very similar to past attacks like uh, Wanna Cry and uh, similar stuff like that. Um, it, so it it was specifically targeting people that were uh, seeking like uh, defense and aerospace um, parts of Lockheed Martin. Um, it was you know it was branded with icons for that group and Northrop uh, Grumman and Boeing. I wouldn't say that it's something to worry about too much, but you know they were um, they were uh, they're they're basically imitating, mimicking what a document from that uh, a document that that would um, be attributed to those uh, employment groups, so. Um, as far as I know, nothing to truly worry about, um, but it's more an attack on government type, uh, uh, entities. So nothing that we really have to worry about because they can handle it fine, I guess. But it was just something that I found out about and saw and was like, you know, this is a little bit important, you know? This is just proof that, you know, some people aren't really that, uh, you know, it, it's hard to uh, uh, trust sometimes, you know? Um, and the, uh, the security flaw of leveraging Windows Update um, is a bit of a bit of a no-no for me you know something that you trust of course right and as we can see if you scroll down a little bit you can see how they run the whole act the whole hack here that first they have the document and that which injects code into fire explorer that will then also trigger something within github and then from there it then drops this windows update config that will then trigger this application that and then which also was explorer also shoots it off into runtime broker which then drops out the dll and then the, and then it all and, and then it goes to this ual u w a u l c l t dot exe file which then loops the whole process all over again yeah so um interesting how you know it, it uh it uh, pulls it off, you know. Uh, it's it, and you know, it's um, it starts from a, a you know document, you know. It's the uh, scariest thing. I know that there was um, there was like an embedding thing that I've discovered is that you can embed like files into images, I guess, hmm. which bit interesting. Right. Um, Imagine if Alpaca injected a letter saying. To Ari Zero, how much I've always loved you. Sincere Fluff Alpaca. Into an image of a heart. 
with my spray bottle. Anyways, uh, moving on. All right, let's actually get to the this week's news now. <laughs> oh yeah, certainly not getting into any other news. Uh, uh, that isn't. Uh. Anyways, oh yes, this big one. Oh my god. Uh, I I have a meme photo of it. Let me let me just pull it up one second. Uh, I created a meme that I sent to Hydrowave, and it's pretty much explains the uh thing you can go ahead i'm trying to find it right yeah uh, so there are numerous different acquisitions going on and there's one in particular that happened this week that was very critical yes here it is there you go. <laughs> I remember when we were first talking about this, uh, and we were like, "Can we see that thing? Did we see that here? Did you see what happened here?" He was like, first thing he responds, that meme." <laughs> yep. I, you know, um, I, as soon as Drive sent me that message, I literally went into paint and just created that and just threw it together and I was like this explains things perfectly <laughs> right um, at least as far as I believe um, you know uh, hey you just bought the people that you know we had to deal with and then hey now we're gonna buy the people that made you famous, Mr. Master Chief Son. <laughs> and yeah. then, um, it was like, I don't know, it was like, um, it, it was like holding ransom, the person that created something, but didn't own the rights to it, so it didn't even really matter, though. But I don't think it was malicious, the uh, acquisition. I don't think it was like a revenge or anything. But uh, there was that, um, of course. Right. But uh, kick it off. I of guess. course, as we've been alluding to now, Bungie was bought off by PlayStation. Whoop! I guess that's okay. Whoop! <laughs> For three point six billion dollars. Oh wow! That's like. Not even a fraction of what Microsoft purchased Activision for. No, I believe that again, but that's I believe I forgot how much was that about three point eight billion. I, I forgot, but it was definitely more in line with but that's that was worth. Yeah. So but, uh, what does this entail though? So the thing is is that 
that right off the bat they mentioned this. First off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. So they're not going to make Destiny 3 exclusive or anything. They're just going to leave them practically alone. And also they mentioned that they're also hoping that they just want, so pretty much what their reasoning is for buying it, based off what we see here, is that they want to use Bungie to help Sony develop service-based games. They want the people and the technology, mostly. Okay. So, if you could take a look here, you, you can even say, I am absolutely thrilled to announce a, a new member will be joining the PlayStation family. I've been a fan of Bungie for many years. I admire and enjoyed the games that they create and have great respect for their skill in building worlds that gamers want to explore again and again. Bungie makes games with outstanding technology that are enormously fun to play. They also have unmatched dedication to communities that play their games, and everyone at PlayStation and PlayStation 2 will be excited about what we can share and learn from them. I have spent a great deal of time with the senior team at Bungie, and it is clear that their experience and skills are highly complementary to our own. We will be ready to welcome and support Bungie as they continue to grow, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for this incredible team. That's from PlayStation. And as for Sony, as for Bungie, well, you can see that they have a bit of a long essay here. And I'm not going to go as much into that, but pretty much what they, but Bungie, it might, might be the deal that if you can see here, their hope they'll have financial backing from Sony, which obviously is a huge thing. Certainly. But yeah, you can see here that they they like how they admire what they do and that they're letting up they admire that they get to be, you know, still multi platform. Now you know, honestly, thinking about this, it's a surprise that Sony would let Bungie just do its own thing practically. They can sell multi platform and do whatever the hell they want and don't care. They'll take the royalties and money that, that Bungie would make, essentially. Yes. Uh so, do you have anything you want to add to this discussion or anything? Um... Well, um, not fully, not really. I just, um, I, I do appreciate the, uh, the idea of not like, you know, just relegating it to exclusivity just because, you know, I mean, then again, who knows? Because like the, the only issue I have with it is that, you know, how we were talking about last time, how Microsoft would make Activision Blizzard eventually exclusive in the years coming, like in like later, later years and how Sony might retaliate in my opinion, if it with this deal, but I, I just found this kind of hilarious how it's like you bought the people, uh, isn't there something, wasn't there something about uh, destiny now that you mention it because isn't Activision, doesn't Activision own destiny, right? So the thing or, about destiny was that it was originally, Oh, it, it Originally, was a partnership between Bungie and Activision. Activision acting as the publisher. Okay. And then after Destiny 2, it gets Activision disemployed by the revenue that 
Bungie's Destiny was making, so they pretty much just cut ties with Bungie, and they just gave them back the rights to Destiny, which uh-huh. actually caused the stock price the next day to fall because they were co- reducing, they eliminated a source of recurring revenue, even though it was not much in Activision's eyes. All right, then. So, essentially, if you think about it in some way, in some kind of abstract way, it's kind of like Sony bought a sliver of what was a part of Activision Blizzard. Well, Microsoft is practically is in the process trying to buy 99.9% of it. I see. Okay. Hmm. But it's funny to think how Microsoft's trying to buy all... The IP, you know, two of Sony's most iconic IPs with Spyro and Crash. Mm-hmm. And Sony is just buying the studio that made Microsoft's most iconic IP. Yeah. What a weird world this is. It's kind of like they're swapping places a little bit. Yeah, in a sense. I mean, eh. the more things change, the more they stay the same. So, you know. Of course, yeah, yeah. But I guess in the meantime, we can look back at Microsoft for a little bit. Okay. And how it is currently being investigated by the Federal Trade Commission. So if you look down here, it says that Microsoft Activation Blizzard is not yet a done deal, and one hurdle it has to clear is an antitrust investigation. It's now been reported that the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, rather than the Justice Department, will handle the investigation. The Microsoft acquisition would be the biggest cut in company's history. No. And then it also says the FCC has, under the Biden administration, promised to toughen up on its policing of such deals. And last month, it issued a joint statement with the Justice Department, knowing concern at the increased cost rate of industries, alongside an increase in merger filings in 20 in 2021. And speaking of Lockheed Martin. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it, it sued to block arms manufacturer Lockheed Martin's $4.4 billion purchase of Aerojet Rocketdyne holdings over antitrust concerns. So I guess Lockheed Martin is like a weapons manufacturer. Oh, I see. Okay, that's why I wouldn't. Yeah. Judging by if you see ours manufacturer, that's likely the first thing I would think of. They're weapons manufacturer of some sort. Yeah. I, um, let's see. Arms manufacturer. Yeah. It's more or less along those lines of weaponry. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, the, they're actually the uh, largest one, which is... I, I've heard of them before, of course, but Gosh, I, I didn't know that they were, like, that big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. And, and the thing that makes us all a bit more concerned is that, they, for Microsoft at least, the FTC was the one that had to investigate the NVIDIA ARM acquisition. Yes. I which know. they were the one that <laughs> shot that down, so... Yeah, I mean... It, I mean, it's kind of different, though. Um... You know, I don't think that it'll... I'm just uh, 
not seeing it happen because NVIDIA with ARM, ARM is used by a lot of things, you know? Uh, a lot, you know? And Activision Blizzard, I mean, yeah, the, the name, I guess, yes, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. But. Additionally, you know, we'll continue the story of Activision Blizzard here. Uh, we'll also see that but, however, despite that, Microsoft did respond. Our CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, <laughs> believes that Microsoft Activision waiver will be... Yeah, he doesn't think that's going to get blocked. And when he talked about Financial Times, Nadella said that the deal would only place Microsoft as the third largest player in the video game industry, and the fragmentation of the market would prevent them from gaining a monopoly. Yeah, I see. I mean, yeah, like I said, it Activision Blizzard doesn't seem as big of a company to cause something like that. <sighs> However, they're, you know, I mean, they are pretty big, of course, and Call of Duty is like, you know, they have hit number one, up, I know, but, uh, God, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they, they also own like Arcane and stuff as well, which, uh, like uh, Bethesda and stuff because of that. So yeah, yeah. Because we now live apparently in the universe in which a Halo cross Doom crossover can exist. Oh yes, and like uh, somehow the radiation from the bombs uh, uh, from Fallout caused, uh, you know, a rift and hell opened up. Right. And there's a white horse, I guess. <laughs> a white magical horse with the dragonborn on it. Yeah. Also, Guitar Hero trumpet. Sorry. I'm thinking of the the revelations. Anyway, uh, uh, back to back to this. <laughs> so as, we're, as he was about to say, at the end of the day, all the analysts here has to be done to through a lens of what's the category we're talking about. Even post acquisition, we will be number three with sort of low teens market share, where even the big or even the highest player is also in the teens for market share. It shows how fragmented content creation platforms are. And so, that's a fundamental category. Yes, we'll be a big player. It was a highly fragmented place. Also, the analysis will have to extend to say, why are these content companies trying to become bigger? It's because the place where the constraints really are is distribution. The only open distribution platform for any game content Guess what? It's Windows. The biggest store on Windows is Steam. It's not ours. People can do any payment instrument, whereas all the other gaming distribution platforms are closed. Yeah, I, I see. Which, based on what I've been seeing of this story, I would actually tend to agree with them. Not only do we have, like, you know, some major publishers, but we have a ton of independent content. 
Yeah, definitely. Though it, it makes me question why they're trying to beef up the Windows 11 store. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, like, we are living in a land in which, again, we could see the day of Crash Bandicoot crossing over with Halo. Actually, now I think about it, with all these IPs that Microsoft has been acquiring recently, they could make the another, their own take on Smash Brothers. I was just thinking about fucking Smash Brothers, and it, oh my god. I do not want that ever again. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawls. Love it or hate it, it is just... Uh, it's not Smash. It, I don't. I don't get it. It like Nintendo. We we bought you Smash for Christmas. We have Smash at home. <laughs> Next thing you know, fucking SpongeBob is turning into a thousand pound weight, just like Kirby. Or the or the new multiverses one that from the from the, that has all the Warner Brothers IP. Uh, yeah, I still have that in the very, very recesses of my brain. <laughs> and uh, I'm just thinking, you know, it's getting out of hand. There has to be uh, Nintendo versus Capcom soon enough. I feel like at that point, that'll be a Capcom made game. Uh, or it be more of a traditional fighter. Yeah. Like, imagine Mario just doing the short, the Hadouken motion. And that's how you get the fireball. Yeah, but then, uh. Then it would be just be. Uh, I don't know. It. it uh, I don't know. I never got into traditional fighting games compared to Smash Brothers. So. I would only know so much. I mean, hey. I mean, I have a couple of good ones. I mean, I think I previewed this last episode, I believe, but my Holy Grail of Games. And Marvel vs. Capcom 2. No. What, you did what Marvel superheroes fighting anime? <laughs> uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind it, but they had to make a sequel. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Sorry, technically, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is Marvel vs. Capcom 4. They had to make four of them. I'm leaving. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and besides, oh, oh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, and oh, it was on Game Pass at one point. So explain that one. Um, I explain it by uh, no. <laughs> I explain it by skedaddling. <laughs> and uh, uh. I'd rather spend the money on a Chinese buffet. 
Yeah, but China You're also is the country that made Genshin nothing. Impact. You're a motherfucker. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but does anyone want to know why Microsoft was trying to buy Activision Blizzard? Well, according to Phil Spencer here, we also have, you know, this whole thing. And now if we just go scroll down, it says, according to an interview with Spencer conducted by Axios, the answer was that Xbox needed to make a move in a new direction, a space where it didn't have any strong investments. The constant conversation had always been about mobile and casual And then they say, yeah. though, though what people think of Activision Blizzard most immediately for, well, Activision and Blizzard, their marvel of the publisher is King, the maker of Candy Crush, and a number of other wildly popular mobile titles. With King under its banner, Microsoft has finally picked up a major name in mobile gaming. Yes, yes, yes. I think I mentioned this before. What if they're just using the King IP as a, as a way to strength in mobile gaming yeah i think i remember saying this oh my god yeah awesome yeah no i mean then again they just swallowed up activision and blizzard why couldn't they have just like bought king then <laughs> i don't know because yeah, the freaking on then. the freaking dopes over at activision blizzard you know with a certain someone at the head Felt that they, in order to escape the bad publicity, they thought by having someone buy them off, they could have someone quell it down. Yeah. Uh, okay, then. Yeah, that makes sense. But in but think about it this way. We could have been in a world where Facebook bought Activision Blizzard, because I think Activision Blizzard actually approached Facebook, actually. It did? Oh, shit. I didn't know. Man, oh my god, imagine that. Facebook gaming. It would just be, like, instead of just being live streaming, it would be Facebook stream and Facebook game. And then, oh my god, that is, that is fucking mind-boggling. Because then Mark, like, Zuckerberg would make it into, like, a metaverse or something and then be like, you want to play Black Ops 2 in real life? <laughs> or something. Oh, oh my god, well, be fucking well thing is, is... Microsoft's also trying to do the same you thing with the metaverse in real life. Yeah. Uh, wait, they are. Have you not remembered all the times we've talked about Activision Blizzard when we looked at the whole thing and Satya Nadella was thinking, "Hey, we if we could use gaming as a way to get into the metaverse." Yeah, but I didn't think that they would just like be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, see Diva up in real life." <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. See Tracer in real life. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Oh, I'm Tracer here. <laughs> Do you realize how many thirsty motherfuckers would fall for that? Cheers, lads. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the same time, Tracer's a lesbian, so she probably wouldn't want any of those thirsty motherfuckers anyways. Uh... 
and that's okay. official canon, by the way. So don't don't question it. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. It that was matter, something I that guess, was revealed then. in a comic that was made by Blizzard. Oh, uh, I see. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, see, we won't we won't care. We respect it, but we know a bunch of horny motherfuckers won't care about it. They won't understand. I mean, um, none of my business anyway. Right. What a, a fictional character's uh, sexuality. Other than for lore reasons, I don't give a flying fuck. Right. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. But go back to the overall topic of what we've, I mean, before we get that, we have a key statement here from Joff Keeley, the guy from the Game Awards. Yes, <laughs> and if you look at his tweet here, that has caused quite a bit of a stir at the at the time. He said, "Have heard from multiple people. As you might suspect, there are a few other big video game deals in final stages of negotiations. It's going to be an interesting year. So, this means this is not the end. Wait, does this have anything to do with Kojima posting a burger on Konami's Twitter? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but actually, it makes you wonder, though, like... Could Sony think about buying Kojima Productions and having him on his arm? Uh, having him on their arms? Oh my god, that would be amazing. Then we'd actually... or Kind of not really, because I don't want Metal Gear to be like... Um, you know, a Sony only thing. Even though that's kind of, in my opinion, it's kind of where, you know, Metal Gear was kind of leaning. I feel. Um, I don't know. But the thing is, it to keep in mind is that Konami owned the Metal Gear IP, not Kojima. Fuck. I, I I'm still living in twenty. 2010, I guess, then. I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like, oh my god, Kojima. Because I think of Kojima and I think of Metal Gear, for fuck's sake. <sighs> I wonder how Konami feels every time there's a Kojima Easter egg in Metal Gear 2, 3, and 1. And then 4 was, is, at this point, probably never escaping the PS3. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and 4. I wonder how Konami feels. They probably just... We're like, mm, well, let's replace that with, like, a uh, corporate greed logo. What is let's, that? The K in Konami? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. You know what Konami probably do? Let's replace all these Easter eggs with fucking NFTs. Ah, yes. So as soon as you discover it, there's a paywall option that pops up and is like, would you like to auction here? Or, no, there's a download link to, uh, um... I don't know, uh, 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 to like an NFT or something. I don't know. That you have to purchase or something. I don't, I don't you know. Because that's what we all that know. Just be a... Cause that's what we all know. Konami only cared about two things. Pachinko machines and NFTs. Oh, yes. <sighs> but let's get back to the main topic of acquisitions here. Like, what do you think of the idea of not only is Sony be a bot, having buy it bought off, 
Not like Sony bought off Bungie, but you have Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. You have Embrace's group also been going crazy. Um. Well, I mean, it's it's something. It's really something to see that you know. I mean, I know people were afraid when it came to like EA and stuff like that. I don't. I don't blame them. And I have no reason to really trust Microsoft too much, neither with Sony or really have any, you know, corporate wig, you know, kind of just, you know, acquiring a studio of, I guess, independent developers. But, I mean, it's nothing to be afraid of until it actually happens i guess because people will always overhype something that is scary or something that's new because it seems scary you know uh that's just my take on it but uh, be wary you know and uh, they you know it uh, if something's you know seems a bit more corrupt than usual of course take a take a good look at it, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, if you feel it's, uh, I guess, if you feel that it is, uh, you know, a bad uh, outlook or investment, I guess, then, you know, vote with your wallet. Right. You know, I guess. Also, too, you have to keep in mind that it's also a legal thing, too, like, what the FTC, as we discussed with the Microsoft Article that we just presented, like, what if per se the FTC does step in and they're like, no, we can't deal with these large murders anymore because they don't and, want the um, they don't want the video game industry to be dominated by two people. Uh, I mean, well, at that point, they're kind of just doing our job for us. Like I said, vote with our wallet. But if if the FTC is like, mm, well, you know, this deal can't really go through, so uh, you guys are on your own again. You know, I, I, I kind of, I kind of wonder where you know, you know, uh, what would happen if Nintendo had Activision also, by the way, but I think they would be kind of dense because Nintendo's kind of its own like creator in a sense. It doesn't care about buying up studios. Yeah, because that's what we'll discuss later on. Nintendo's not interested in buying other studios. No. But, uh, back to this. Uh, I mean, mm, I don't care. It's, it's, I don't know. It's people, like, like, you see, the thing I've, I've, I don't like about antitrust, but I also love about antitrust is that while it stops people in power from creating a, almost a singularity, I guess. Um, you know, if you pay with your cold, hard cash, what, why should somebody step in and change, you know, cause, but, but then again, it's like that you're, you're purchasing power almost, you know? So it's like a very big, like, I don't know exact, like, it's very confusing. It's very complicated, you know? Um, and I see that's why, it, why this stuff is, um, you know, I understand that that's why this stuff is uh, very, um, uh, is newsworthy, I guess. You know, why, 
you know, it's something to talk about. You know, it's a talk of the town because uh, having a company be powerful to the point where they own pretty like you know it's a duopoly you know or monopoly like uh it's scary because at that point they're free to do whatever the hell they want you know yeah. although it's just yeah like i i don't want i don't want to live in the world where it's like there is just the game console not the Xbox or the PlayStation or the Switch, you know, or the Nintendo, I guess. It, I don't know. I, But I also question the idea of uh, giving, uh, you know, taking away people's ability to purchase that in the first place. But then I run into that power argument and it's, it's a strange loop and I want to have it explained to me, you know. A little bit more. Yeah, but do you want to? You still want to live in the world in which this exists? What is that? It's Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. It's a fighting game made in Japan. And it's a crossover fighting game with like other anime stuff. In fact, this character on the top is from a Rooster Teeth show called Ruby, which is obviously based off anime. <laughs> um, I, I, I love that chuckle you just did. You were just staring at, at it and being like, because <laughs> you know it was like, it was something that uh, would uh, eventually cause me my eyes to twitch. And, uh, you know, um, eventually I can't see. Because I disappeared <laughs> off the face of the planet. <laughs> Hi again. Hi. Um, let's go talk about some PlayStation news then. All right. Sorry. And no, Sony's not buying off Sega so they can have the hot same Miku game license. This is for something different. Yeah. Oh, one thing about that Jeff Keighley tweet. Remember Sega and Microsoft Mega Game or Super Game or something? <laughs> A little bit interested in if that's what it meant. That was from like episode like, yeah. 15 though, so. Anyways, uh, let's go take a look at this financial page here. First. Yep. Now, usually we don't do too many financial stuff on this show since we don't usually find it pretty important, but for this case, we're just going to do it for Sony and Nintendo. Oh, yes. It's not important to us anyway. Yeah, for, for, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind talking about the financial stuff. I know Alpaca doesn't really find it as interesting. So, I mean, and also, like I said, it's just financials. It's money. We just want to make sure we know what happens with the games that come out rather than how well does the company make overall. But sometimes you get some neat little details that come out about their insight or whatnot, so. I guess so, yeah. As soon as we'll see with Nintendo momentarily. But what if Nintendo bought PlayStation, dude? No, I'm just kidding. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because there would have been a point in time in which had Nintendo and Sony came to agreement, the PlayStation, as we would have known it, would have not, never existed. 
the Nintendo disk drive. Literally, that's what the PlayStation original was meant to be. It was an add-on yes. for the Super Nintendo. And then Sony decided to be like, Oh, fuck you! <laughs> Nintendo, wow. Oh my god. What is this? Super Mario? Man, I want to make mature games. I want to rip people's fucking heads off. Fuck what? you, Sega does when Nintendo don't. PlayStation does when Nintendo don't. I want to rip that guy's head off and watch blood split. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that, like, if you think about it, had Nintendo and Sony, like, agreed on the revenue, because literally, literally the main reason was because of money. Yes, of course. So, had Nintendo and Sony figured out properly how to, you know, you know, distribute the money for the disc-based games, Nintendo would have n never had to deal with the PlayStation, which meant Nintendo would have still been a bit geared more toward the hardcore gamer. Uh, but what it meant, all that would have been left would have been Microsoft, probably, and Sega probably could have still been around maybe, but I based up I doubt it. So it could have potentially let Nintendo in a situation they could have had a monopoly over the console game market. Oh. Uh, you know, this is something for Alternate History Hub to cover. I, I swear. Like I, I I just like oh my god. You know it's funny, I know the channel is he's he's a very small channel, but Unfortunately, does not make videos anymore. Who literally is pretty much alternate history for video game history. I need a link. <laughs> oh my god! And That's cool. He literally mentioned he made an article, a whole thing about what if Sega never existed, or like what if Nintendo failed. Yeah, because it's it's just interesting, you know, like. To, to think of the world's the 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 you know I don't know I I've always been interested in that like what if scenario like you know oh great one of my smoke alarms is chirping it just chirped oh fuck I hope that doesn't capture in the mic nope okay good thank the world for door suppression oh uh, yes and a door a <laughs> solid wood door. <laughs> We got one thing out of the way with the noise suppression, and that eliminated the whooshing cars, and now we got the door to eliminate more noises. Oh, yes. <sighs> Anyways. That one picked up, but that's... I don't care. Oh, hell. I'm so sorry. I hope it doesn't. I will punch it to death. No worries. It's fine. It's just a beep. I know. There you go. We made the episode not only rubber duckies, but fire alarms. Smork a lamb, dude. <laughs> hey, Alpaca, did you wish there were more rubber duckies? Okay, just kidding. We'll get to that later. Um, I wish So, as we see here, um, actually, talking about the article this time. Rubber duck. Uh, Game Network Services made the most amount of money for Sony, and it was a sales of 813.3, 
And and this is in billion yen, by the way. And they, with an operating income of 92.9 million yen. So pretty much any person in the audience who's watching this, you're going to want your currency converters ready. Get those calculators out, boys. We need our accountants, boys. <laughs> so, I, yes, pretty much what this is saying is gaming still makes the most amount of money from Sony. And to think of a world when Sony never got into the gaming industry, they could have probably been gone by now. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, imagine a world where... Uh, you know, um, the PlayStation 2 was not nearly as powerful. Or imagine if it was more powerful and... Uh, uh, shut the fuck up, Smorgalam. Uh, imagine a, a world where... I think there was, like, a terrorist group that, like, bought a bunch of them and created, like, a nuke out of them. <laughs> Random trivia and facts today. Oh yeah, so essentially what they're saying here is if you look at the change at the column of third rightmost, you can see it decreased by about 70 billion yen in sales, but they gained 12.1 billion in operating income. This could largely become a couple factors, some of which could have been, you know, places five sales because it's more money per sale of unit. Mm -hmm. it's extremely high demand that could explain the decreased amount of sales obviously there's Sony's also relying a lot on like subscription based services like PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus yes and that's about it and music uh, they have an increase in 16 actually 31.4 billion yen but they lost some money so Actually, I believe by thinking right, I think Sony is also the music publisher for Baby Metal. I think. You son of a bitch. Let me go check real quick. I, 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 I swear to God. So, first, you bring up something that's a point of contention, and you know that a smoke alarm is currently beeping, and I have to mute my mic every once in a while to block it, so now I don't have a voice every once in a while. Every 90 seconds, that fucking thing beeps, and I have to, like, mute my mic, and now you're bringing up baby metal. Oh my god, what the fuck? Alright, so... Get ready, because I think I found a Reddit post that clarifies a little bit more. So, from Wiki, it says, Baymel's labels are Wanbu Records, BMD Fox Records, and Ear Music. But, the thing is that Ear Music is the European label for Baymetal. BMD Fox Records and Yonbu Records are subsidiaries of Toys Factory. Why are Baymetal under the Toy Factory? Where is Sony coming to this? I thought this. This is just like. And then you get a little further. And Sony is the American distributor. So yeah, we could thank Sony for distributing fame metal to the Americas.
Where do I find them? <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, would, I was going to say, have fun with... If you ever buy a Sony product, just know you're supporting the company that's bringing Bay Metal to North America. <laughs> and this is why uh, we, uh, you know... Uh, you know, uh, created this for, uh, the, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, oh shit, uh, uh, uh fucking god. <laughs> Huh. Okay, back to other things. Uh, yeah, back to other things, of course. You know, uh, things that are insane. <laughs> I mean, their picture division, which is all their movies, had a massive increase. I could think this is largely because of the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, yes, definitely. I can't wait to stream it. <laughs> yeah. So... As you can see here, their operating their sales increased from 191.2 billion yen to 461.2 billion yen, and then their operating income obviously rose because Spider-Man. So there you go. On that electronic products and solutions. This is like all their like, as you can tell, headphones and stuff like that. And this had a slight decrease, like a rather relatively minuscule, in fact. So you can see that it's at 686.9 billion yen, and operating income is 80 billion yen. So obviously, the operating income both fell. And imaging and sensing solutions, so that's like their cameras and all that stuff. Mm. And they actually rose. Okay. Financial services, that's like, I think it's so, in Japan they have some like banking services and stuff like that. Alright then. So, imagine getting loaned money by the company that distributes Bay Metal North America. Yeah, imagine, uh, you know, cutting a deal to, uh, uh, you know, get a loan for a mortgage and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, bye bye. <laughs> I moved to a different planet. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, imagine they loan you money and they're like, "Oh yeah, here's a PlayStation for your house. Have fun." Yeah, I thought it'd be fine, and then um, I find out that it's uh, been tampered with before, uh, and uh, I suddenly um, have three new friends um, <laughs> from Japan. Uh, their entire discography of baby metal. And the background, oh, the background, is this motherfucker grinning while holding three of these fucking... <laughs> so yeah, life's pretty great. <laughs> Out in the, uh, northern, uh, Washington. <laughs> I thought we moved to Cascadia in the outskirts, like half, like two hours away from Vancouver. 
Probably like moved to Maryland or something. <laughs> all right. Well, besides all that, uh, obviously it seems like Sony's having a pretty good quarter. I'm not going to lie. I mean, overall, they've gained more money. Oh, yes. That's all that matters. <laughs> Especially making money off the baby metal CDs. Sorry. <laughs> but they can use to buy Bungie and other studios that they want. Yeah, and produce more tin uh, lunchboxes for a certain someone to buy <laughs> and then present. Uh, imagine I gift you a lunchbox. I would... Um, I would wake up early in the morning, go out to, like, my front door and be like, oh, a package. Oh, nice. Uh, who's it from? Uh, okay, it's, it's directed to me. Okay, then. Uh, and then... Open it up and oh God, what is going on? So yeah, this is just a quarter to three results. I mean, if you're looking, I think if we scroll further, we get the annual results, and we can kind of see something similar here. Where I guess in this case, they got a little bit of a loss. I think it's like because of PS5 issues, but we all did repeat this all over again. I mean. Oh look, the music part increased in this version. Ah, they may have made some more money off of some of. Alpaca's favorite artists. Woo! Yeah, probably. Fucker. Besides Babe Metal, though, I'm sure they have some other good stuff. Yeah, certainly. Other fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I heard that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving further down, we'll get to the segment I think is the most important to Alpaca. We're going to talk about video games instead of. Alright, yeah, we're gonna go over to the music section over here first. Okay. And then we'll go to this section down here later. Oh, I should probably briefly show the other thing I was looking at over here for a brief second. Pause here if you want to know what I was talking about earlier. <laughs> anyway, so gaming. Uh, they're saying there's a decrease in sales of hardware and peripheral devices. Decrease in sales of non-first-party titles, including add-on content. Do you wonder where this is going to be more significant in a few years? Yes. Certain something. Decrease in sales of first-party titles? I mean, that makes sense. Sony hasn't been releasing as much. Yeah, no, the, the last memorable ones are God of War on the PC and um, maybe, you know... Um, I don't know, rifts apart even, I guess. Yeah, not as much out there. And you can see that obviously the sales of hardware decreased because PlayStation 5 has been fucking impossible to find. So that's also a factor. Oh, yeah. As for the other part, as for operating income, there's a decrease in selling general and administrative expenses. That's always good to hear. Decrease in loss resulting from strategic price points for PlayStation 5 hardware that were set lower than manufacturing costs. Again, good to see. You know, make Sony trying to make the PlayStation 5 cheaper and increase productivity. And then the last points down here we kind of already talked about like the the impact of decreased sales on games and stuff like that but there's also an impact of decrease in unit sales on peripheral devices and PlayStation 4 hardware 
I mean, this part kind of makes sense too, because well, not many people are getting PlayStation Fives, and not many people want to buy a PlayStation Four because they are more focused on the PlayStation Five. Yeah. Um, which kind of falls in line with them, you know, making the PlayStation Four still a you know a produced item, of course, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I get where where it's coming from, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're saying there's a, fo- a forecast here for sales. This one, I think, is obvious. There's chip shortage going on, so there's going to be lower than expected PlayStation 5 hardware unit sales. And, for, uh, and then, obviously, the last still makes sense. They're trying to decrease its selling general ministry, so that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. As for the music segment, um... They did have higher sales for record music and music publishing from paid subscription streaming services and advertised supporting music streaming services. Okay. So that means they probably made a small chunk of money off of baby metal distribution deals. Shut up. But no new albums came out that year, so you're fine. Uh, Okay. Sure. Probably for the three existing albums that existed. Sorry. I only I had a growl. I only had album three. Aw oh, man. But I do stream the other two from every now and then. It's good stuff. Anyways. Uh hmm, awesome. Shut up. I, I fucking see. <laughs> Hang on. Wait. Wait. No, we're not waiting. <laughs> uh. Anyways. Stop that. No. I I I can I can feel that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see whatever that segment is, go find the video version. I can feel uh, the baby metal person lady up against the microphone. (laughs) I can feel it in me bones. Let's see here. Um... But yeah, uh, everything else is kind of you know, impacted for ex- exchange rates, lower sales of visual media platform. Yep. Oh, this is all the segment that does, I guess, does anime. Shut up. Lower anime business sales, primarily reflecting the absence of contribution of Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no ya- Yaibu, the movie, Mujer Train, Quarter 3, Fiscal Year 2020. They had, I believe Sony has a close monopoly on the anime streaming service market. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually not kidding. They, they they bought off Crunchyroll. They own their own whole thing. Oh my god, that is that is too too funny. So Wait, yeah, so I can no longer I can no longer watch Crunchyroll anime on uh, my Nintendo 3DS and Wii U. Well, I believe they still, I believe they actually still allow it to be distributed on those platforms. Like, you can still go on Crunchyroll on your Xbox. 
Ah, all right then. Well, that's it's good, like I with guess. it's like with Bungie. They allow them to do their own thing. They just collect money for it. Mm, I see. Do I do? I thought I heard at one point they were thinking about merging their other streaming service with Crunchyroll. So it's not gonna make a super crunchy roll. Oh. Awesome. So you can have a super anime streaming service for all your anime needs. Yeah. Um <sighs> actually I don't think I need to talk about this or this. We'll go on to the oh, next important. <laughs> Sorry. Uh I don't think we need to talk about movies much unless yeah, I was right. Increase the actual revenues probably for due to the release of Spider-Man No Way Home and Venom. Mm. And higher sales of television production due to licensing a Seinfeld. And obviously, yes, higher sales up for media networks resulting from the Crunchyroll acquisition. Oh, all right then. Yay, I guess. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so there you go. You are you literally can just go to Sony for anime and and thanking them for bringing Bay Metal North America. Yeah, thanks Sony. <laughs> You're a wonderful friend. <laughs> In a time where we are desperate for friends, you have done the Lord's work. Heresy is spread around the world. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Electronic produ- products and solution segment. Um, it just mostly just sum it up. Decrease in sales of audio, video, digital cameras, and smartphones. Yeah, they still make smartphones, apparently. Oh. You have to buy them unlocked, though. I remember I was thinking about, instead of the Google Pixel 6, they had a smartphone I was almost tempted to get instead. Because of... Mm-hmm. It, it actually is one of the few phones that has a headphone jack because LG stopped making smartphones. Yeah. So. <laughs> imaging and sensing solution products. So this is like their division they have for like making cameras for smartphones and stuff like that. Okay. Um. This has seen an increase. This has seen an increase. I think this is likely is a decrease because of like the the ship source going on. I'm not worried about everything else. Um, so Alpaca, what do you think of all this stuff? Uh, I'm sorry to say that I'm pretty bored. No offense. I I, I I'm I just. Yay, finance. It's just... I don't know. Alright. Well, maybe I can spike your enthusiasm a little bit up, because we have to talk about this new state of play that happened th- th- this week. Play to play! Sorry. <laughs> there you go. I ended, I ended the boredom. I can finally stop entertaining you with just roasting on Bay Metal and anime. Shut it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Yeah, so Gran Turismo 7 got a state of play, so it's like a big old overview for their next big game that's coming out in March. I know you're not much of a simulation racer guy, but I'm going to probably try and get this if I can. Okay. 
But anyway, I'm trying to I'm gonna go through this as quickly as possible because there's the next article I know you're gonna be more interested in. Yeah. So I'm gonna quickly go through this. I don't anyway have much thoughts, but they're gonna have like a music rally mode, I guess, where you can play some music while you know, it's like a time attack thing while you play the game. They tell you about purchasing the process purchasing car. And like some progression stuff for the cafe and a license center, which is like the license you get to get to better cars. They show up some more customization for the cars. And I think the most major thing is that if you got buy the special edition, you also get the digital code for the PS4 version. So that's cool. Okay. And I think that's about it. I mean, personally, the stuff I saw, I was kind of pretty intrigued about. But I know Alpaca isn't really have much else to say on it. Unfortunately, not really. I, I'm not a big sports racer. So. I mean, the graphics of the game, though. Let's we'll shift to that because I think you may be more a bit interested in that. The graphics for if you see any screenshots of the game are pretty incredible. Oh yes, I I I can't uh, I can't argue with that. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, actually, give me one second. I mean, the the they're a little um, cartoony, I think, in my opinion. They have a bit more of a cartoonish sort of. Uh, uh, it might be because to... like the the effects are using for like the mountains and everything like that. Honestly, it could be the blurriness. But I'm sure if you watch the full video they have on you know that they have on the site, if you're curious about it, the the cars look really good. I believe that. I just, eh, for, for me, they, it just looks a little bit cartoony right now, but uh, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like with a lot of things. Sometimes you get those situations like Watch Dogs, which the game looks absolutely incredible, but then you get it in your hands and it's shit. And at other times you get things like this that are like, the previews may not look that great, but then once you see it, it's like, holy shit, this is incredible. Yeah, I I think, I think so. It's just, eh, for me, it, it um... I don't know. It just looks like a cartoony sort of. Uh, it looks like it has a cartoony vibe. Not that it's bad, but uh, it's. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> when you said good graphics, I I don't know. For for me, it, they look a bit like a cartoon sort of thing. But I mean, they're like high fidelity, of course. Yeah, I you know. Hey, well, I think gonna... I think you have not much else to say. We're just gonna go right into the rock star. Yeah, sure. So pretty much what's going on here is that they had to give an update to what's been going on Grand Theft Auto Five, and then they have this one paragraph that is blowing up on the that blew up on the internet. Oh uh, yes, of course, everything with Rockstar always blows up, but you know. <laughs> so if we look down here. You could see that uh, the GTA community continues to grow stronger with each passing year. We like to thank the opportunity to thank everyone playing with us across 2021. <laughs> Whether through the high-speed thrills of Los Santos tuners, chasing down Dr. Trey's lost tracks of the contract, or just causing havoc at Freemo with friends. This last part is practically just me in a nutshell. Whenever I play this game. And then they detail what's going on here. And they 
Peraza with the contract. Some more music tracks and stuff. And... And yet they're going to have Dr. Dre tracks in there, which I don't really care about that. And they show up more things with GTA 5 Online and the Xbox Series S, X and S, and the PlayStation 5, which is coming out on March 15th. Okay. So, this is going to give the Xbox S, S new graphics mode with up to 4K resolution, 60 frames per second, texture draw distance upgrades, HDR offense, and, and ray tracing, as well as offering the technical advancements of the latest console, generating faster loading times, immersive 3D audio, platform specific features like advanced haptic feedback, and much more. Alright. So, yeah, I, 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 uh, I mean, I, I think the uh, expand and enhance sort of uh, part of it, I, I don't know. It, uh, it's just a re-release pretty much at that point, you know. Well, not really really re-release, but the upgrade to the uh, Series X and S or, and the PlayStation 5. Uh, they, I don't know. It feels like fake hype. <laughs> but uh, anyways... Yeah, personally, if I can get my hands on the a higher storage memory card for this Xbox Series X and S, I'll definitely try to take advantage of this. But it looks like you it's not going to be a free upgrade. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Based off how they're de describing it, so take that for what you will. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know. Feels lackluster. It is, yeah. For a, j just buy a PC. I don't know. But, but we're going to just keep scrolling down here, and obviously this all doesn't matter. It's this last paragraph that matters the most. With the unprecedented longevity of Grand Theft Auto V, we know many of you have been asking us with a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new product we embark on, our goal is always significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered, and we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready, so please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. Oh my god, this tweet blew up. Everyone's talking about it. But, uh, I mean, does this mean six, or does this mean, like, uh, uh, I mean, the, like, like, I wonder if it's going to be, uh, I don't know if there's like a new trilogy or something that they're thinking about, but I, you know, I, I mean, I'm just speculating, but it's interesting that they didn't call it six, you know, and everyone's kind of assuming that it's six, you know, I mean, right. of course it'd be a, it'd be strange to just say, oh yeah, we're making a new installment. Here's a... GTA uh, Chinatown Wars or something. I don't know. Or here is the GTA Trilogy 2. But done right. And and not a complete shit show. No, you're, you're missing the point. <laughs> no, I know. It's going to be four Chinatown Wars and five. Or oh. four, the spinoff of four and five. 
redone just like how it was done with the trilogy that we have for three Vice City and San Andreas. Just like that. Take it, take it or leave it. <laughs> We're going to get that one studio, or I think the Rockstar Dundee. We're going to have them just do that whole thing again. Oh, yes. Great success. Everyone's going to love it. Thank you, Grove Street Games. <laughs> By the way, we're adding uh, an NFT that doesn't transfer it between all three of the games. Woo! <laughs> so you have to unlock it in all three games in order to use it in all three games. Woo! Thank you for your kind support throughout all these years. Rockstar North. <laughs> uh, Just kidding. What? Fuck you. <laughs> Honestly, though, um, yeah. Uh, do you have any idea what you'd want GTA Six to be? Uh, either a return. Uh, you see, the thing is, is um, a lot of the uh, Rockstar games, uh, with 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 Grand Theft Auto, at least, they were very uh, almost dreary. You know, they were very the you never really got a great ending, and uh, with uh, Five, it was. You know, it depends, but uh, I mean, I won't really spoil too much, even though you kind of should have have already been playing it by now, um, if you're interested in the series. Um, but I'm going to be honest, uh, a lot of the older Grand Theft Autos have always had a ending that is very, like, uh, somber and very, like... They, life sucks, you know, I guess. I mean, I don't think that's what somber really means, but hope you understand. You know, they, uh, but with five, you know, if you are, you know, good, if you choose good enough, then you'll get an ending that is, while it's depressing and sad, you know, I mean, that's, you don't live a good life and, uh, expect, uh, you know, you don't, you don't live a bad life and expect good things to come out of it, pretty much. So, right, something like that, I guess. Now, any particular setting you want them to tackle, or any gameplay mechanics you want to see tweaked, or um, keep drive by, keep drive by firing. Um, honestly, uh, best part about five and best part that they included in uh the you know at least in san andreas i think <sighs> um i mean i don't know uh i know that they you know there's rumors that it would maybe hint towards a uh you know vice city miami type setting so maybe that, I guess. Um, uh, I mean, I don't care really with the setting. I mean, I do like that um, Liberty City in four really felt like New York. Um, so maybe that. But then again, Liberty City's been done, you know. So I feel like I would just it would just be overstaying its welcome. 
Right. Unless they did some weird thing in which you have three different characters and but instead of like in the same city or whatever, you have three different characters in three different cities and the idea is that you swap between the three different characters and the three different cities. Maybe. Maybe that would take advantage of the NVMe drive sort of stuff with the new console generation because the loading times would be very, very hastened feel. So, yeah, uh, that could work. Like, imagine have one person in Vice City, the other one in Los Santos, and the other one is like another location that was using one of the older Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah, I see where that that would be pretty interesting. Or like, imagine if like I don't know how the ending of any of the older Grand Theft Auto games worked, but imagine if like. Whoever was the protagonist of Grand Theft Auto 4, he left the area or whatever, but then after a while, like, maybe you can make a whole story 10, 20 years later or whatever, he comes back and he realizes, like, oh, shit, the whole area of Liberty City just changed forever. Yeah, I mean, then they'd have to, like, I mean, then they'd have to uh, make a reason for uh, Nico to be, like, you know, attached to the city. Yeah, I don't know. I never played four, so I have no idea how it actually ended. But that's one thing I I was thinking that could happen. Like you could change, you could take the opportunity to completely redo the entire map in many ways while keeping many of the similar landmarks and make it more vast and larger. I see. And a, and then that way, while it may technically be the same setting, you're technically are you know, making it more vast and almost like a new place. Yeah, or they could do um a uh, time shift sort of thing. I know um there was a game called, uh, I think, oh, God, what was it? There's a game where um, it took place, uh, like, in the 70s, and things were really bright. Things were really, like, you know, uh, uh, I forgot what it was. I think it was... It was one of the open world sort of games that were considered a Grand Theft Auto clone back in the PlayStation 2 era. But basically the 70s uh, part of the game was very bright, cheerful, and then literally you wake up and everything's changed and, you know, it's in the, it's in the, uh, it's, it's, you know, around the 2000s and everything's very dreary and, you know, it's just, you know, your your character was incarcerated for a false crime or something that they didn't commit, and it was something along those lines. And you could even see the changes that were, you know, that actually happened in real life. Like, uh, you know, the the towers, you know, from, you know, you'd walk by and you, you'd drive by uh, Empire, you know, the Empire State, uh, and around, like, you know, where... Uh, the Twin Towers were, you know, and you'll see that they're missing now, uh, years later. It's like something along those lines that kind of ties the future and the past, almost like Assassin's Creed, but not really like shifting, but like something more like Black Ops 2. That campaign was basically things you did in the past changed the future, and the things you did in the future changed what would happen back in the past, you know. So, like, if you, 
you know, misinformation in the past, it wouldn't be present in the future or something like that. Something to add to the, I mean, almost illusion of choice, you know? Right. Now, I wonder, like, could they technically make GTA 6 a prequel instead? So it's to mention the 1970s. What if uh, the Grand Theft Auto 6 was technically a prequel to the entire series? Um, Make it something in like the 80s or the, like the late 70s or like that. Uh, that would be kind of interesting. Um, the You see, there are diff- the uh, Grand Theft Auto series is split into different universes of sorts. So there's the HD universe, which is for... And, uh, and, uh, five and I assume six Mm. and, uh, it's gonna, um, uh, the, uh, 3d universes are, you know, three Liberty, uh, Liberty city, you know, San Andreas and, uh, vice city. Um, so and of course, the t- the two D universes are, you know, uh, uh, they're two D, um, the two D games. So it would be interesting to see, like, uh, you know, Vice City be explored in the um, in the uh, HD universe because uh, there are some references to certain characters from. Uh, Vice City that are in five and that I believe were in four. So, I mean, some of these uh, characters could pop up, you know, in six, you know, because they're they're referenced and they're they're mentioned by certain characters. Uh, you know, there's um, it's a few references to them, at least. And I don't I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if they'd. Uh, ever appear, you know, uh, in the, um, it, I don't know if they ever, ever, ever would appear. Cause I know, um, in the, uh, the new update, the one that you mentioned with Dr. Dre, uh, Lamar, which is one of the characters mentioned, uh, CJ and burning down a factory, I believe, or something. And that was in the 3d universe, not in the HD universe. So, uh, Maybe they're looking to change or retcon something, or I don't know. Or what would probably, I think, would be even more impressive would be almost kind of like if they took the Breath of the Wild mentality, which they wanted to make the first game, the original Zelda game, but in 3D. What if they made GTA 6? Because I don't know where GTA 1 took place. But just took GTA 1 and its entire map, and they just redid that. Well, that would be pretty cool. Um, but, like, the, well, obviously with all the 3D stuff they've gained, and just kind of just make it, like, here's GTA 1, but modernized. But I feel like, obviously, you could say, well, 3, 4, 5, all the other games are kind of like that. And I'm like, you bring a point, but what was the original map of GTA 1? And it's just, like... And you have a in whatever city GTA One took place, you could kind of just explore that world more. Kind of funny that you mentioned that. Um, 
you know, about how uh, switching between the viewpoints and being in Liberty City, Vice City, and, you know. Um, there, uh, all three cities are in the, uh, um, in the first game. Liberty City, San Andreas, and Vice City. Or New York, San Francisco, and Miami. Which is what they're based off of. So, um, maybe, you know, you know, if they do that, you know, they could, uh, like, make it a, uh, a different... A story entirely, but base that location-based sort of uh, story sort of uh, built into it, you know. And, and with San Andreas, they could um, there was a there's supposed to be a DLC that was for Grand Theft Auto Five, but of course online was uh, very, you know, very uh, successful, so they scrapped it. But there was supposed to be a Las Vegas style area up north. So that's always a thing that they could do, you know? Yeah, they they could potentially do it. Just take all the cities from, you know, you could take Los Santos and then also have this Las Vegas-like region. And you have, like, this va even more vast. Yeah. Yeah, and um, just, you know, change up a few parts of the areas and, you know, make it, in a sense, a really strange, nostalgic, but... Almost like deja vu sort of scenario. Something like that. Yeah. And on top of it, too, it would probably save on um, development costs if they just reuse most of GTA 5's map. Yeah. But just mm. touch it up even further, like ray tracing and new textures and everything. So you can just use the same map model, but swap out for new textures and more realistic grass. And Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this is a game I know is going to spark a lot of conversation. And I'm sure we could ramble on about so many more wild things of where we could take the t series could go. Yeah, certainly. Theorizing is fun, but honestly, I, <laughs> you know, it, it could be anything, you know. It yeah, really depends so, on what becomes. Yeah, so for... If you are viewing this on, say, a website that allows you to comment, just comment down below like what your ideas would be for Grand Theft Auto 6, and we'd love to talk about it. Mm, certainly. But while that's a whole thing in its own right, we could talk about briefly another major game preservation that, not preservation, but presentation that happened this week. Yeah. And while I'm sure... Alpaca is not as familiar with this series or developer. More than likely not. Uh, I just wanted to give a brief mention to Yacht Club Games because they are the makers of Shovel Knight. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, I think I briefly showed to him, but you can see this new mouse character. What is this? Well... They're making a new IP called Mina the Hollower, and it's going to be on Kickstarter, so you can back their campaign and everything. And this game is supposedly going to play more like a Game Boy-style Legend of Zelda game, so kind of like Awake Link's Awakening or maybe the Oracle game, something like that. Yeah, I, I um, saw gameplay of it, and I'm 
it is it is so so very reminiscent. You can tell it was inspired by Link's Awakening or even the Oracle games. Yeah. And honestly, for what I pl- a little bit of play a Shovel Knight is a high quality game, so I would definitely say this is also going to be high quality too. And when it does get fully backed up, I'm sure that that many are going to enjoy this game. <laughs> Yeah, I know many are going to enjoy this game. And who knows? Maybe this could be something that Alpaca could try one day. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it at all. Seems like a, um, you know, in my opinion, I like it. Uh, like the art style looks, I mean, I actually, I wouldn't say I grew up with it, but I have had experience with the original like Game Boy Zelda games, so maybe this would uh, bring about some nostalgia of some sort. I mean, I did play it when I was little, but not like you know too too much. Like you know, like I, I mean, it was off and on. I was very intrigued by it, but I don't know if I could. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could say that I was raised with it, but I do love the games. I do love them so. Um, hope to see more, you know, about, uh, uh, about this, um, back the Kickstarter, you know, um, I'm intrigued. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, uh, uh, seeing it grow, you know? Yeah. And I think there could be a bit of Castlevania influence too, because if you look on the, what, what those gift that they have of the game? You could see they have an axe weapon that has a similar trajectory to Castlevania and a whip weapon. Oh, okay. So it seems like there's a, some bit of Castlevania influence too, in addition to the old school Zelda game. So it's like a, a hybrid even. Hmm. But yeah, this does seem pretty intriguing. I mean, especially for Alpaca, who, like I said, it seems this reminds him more of the older Zelda games on the Game Boy, so... Definitely would probably check it out for that. Oh, yeah, it is very reminiscent. Um, like I said, um, I, I mean, from the like the actual art style, it, it's so very like the shading on uh, uh, Mina's ears, I guess, or the mouse character's ears, I guess it's called Mina um, from the. I don't know. It's just the art style is so, so reminiscent. It's almost uh well, I wouldn't say, you know, it, it. It almost looks, you know, I call this like a parody, I guess, of Zelda in a sense. That's how reminiscent it is, you know. Uh, and also to avoid copyright issues, if Nintendo sees this, is like, you know, <laughs> something like that. Well, then you again, just... you're talking about the same, you know, developer that also made Shovel Knight, which has a lot of Mega Man influences as well. And yeah. there's also yeah. one of Silver Knight's attacks is largely based off of Scrooge, Mc, Mc, Scrooge McDuck's pogo stick. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, I can just feel the Nintendo lawyers just, like, tip-tapping away on their keyboard. Right. <laughs> Wearing that DMCA notice. Of course. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. We can move on to something a bit, you know. Let's move on to another game. Yeah. 
Well, something this may seem a bit more optimistic. We're going to be a bit more of a Debbie Downer for a little bit. Yeah. And by that, I mean, uh, hopefully it goes free to play a Debbie Downer. I'm not paying a cent for this game. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> uh, and Matt, I think all this game needed was some anime skins and you're good to go. Yeah, it needed anime skins, doors, and a team of developers who love camping in COD. <laughs> that last part was actually pretty great, not gonna lie. Alright, so today we're sharing the latest Battlefield 2042 details, our new player feedback loop, and stats update to player season one. So you can see here that they are taking action to on multiple fronts to address feedback and implement a extensive fixes to the game, key features that are important to you, and getting team play everywhere it needs to be. After the release of an update in early March, which will include improvements to scoreboards, subsequent updates will prioritize work that will include. Here's a launch list. Voice communication and player profile. A tighter squad loop, including a refined ping system. Feedback-based improvements to gunplay improved reward loop, and expanded tools, modes, and tweaks to player experience gains in Battlefield Portal. And they're also going to be improving the core elements of the game, and we made, they made a decision to move Season 1 to early summer. Also, in addition to the Season 1 updates, EA has mentioned that Battlefield 2242 officially did not meet expectations. <laughs> And then the CEO, hmm. Andrew Wilson, said that Battlefield 2042 has always been an ambitious game for EA, knowing that much of the game was made during COVID-19 lockdowns that ultimately impacted the final product. Developing this game with our teams working from home for nearly two years ultimately proved to be challenging. Through our process of testing and preparation, we believed the experience was ready to be put in our players' hands. We launched with strong stability, however. As more players experienced the game, it became clear that there were anticipated performance issues that we would need to address. Some of the design choices we made with the game also not resonate with everyone in our community. You really should have made that anime skin bundle. <laughs> yeah, maybe it, it would have fixed it would have fixed the upside down parachuters. It also would have brought in some certain fans from a fan that I know Alpaca Legs. Yeah, it certainly would, you know. That way they could uh, enjoy their uh, you know, PlayStation party chat. You know, uh, you know, and then, uh, it, you know, they could have enjoyed that and then, you know, earned a bonus for being on, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, purchasing the baby metal anime skin, uh, you know, fan art bundle. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, now it only costs like 2000 COD points. <laughs> Wait, this is a battlefield. Fuck. Uh, anyways. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on, you know, the Battlefield 2042 failure that has been witnessed here? Uh, uh where do I start? Um, it was, so I know, yes, this was made during such complications, such a, uh, such a bad time. 
but uh, it, it just seems like most of the bugs that popped up were experienced pretty easily. You didn't even have to uh, play the game too much to run into them. I also feel like uh, the fact that sometimes the, you know, the, there was a few, uh, you know, things that were in 4 and 5 and 1 that were, you know, really, uh, you'd think it would be in 2042. Uh, and there were, it's, it, it, now, the launch of this, of, of uh, 2042, Honestly, it was very much like the launch of Battlefield 1. But I do get to say, though, that they had time to polish. They had time, you know, they didn't they delay it, I think, right? And then said, oh, well, we're done delaying it. Let's release it. And then they backtracked it. And now it's like, eh. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, uh, so far, um, it's something you can play, but it's just, it's not a, um, I feel like it's the, the experience of it is not, uh, you know, tailored to, you know, people's expectations for the game. <sighs> I hope you understand what I mean. It's like they... They already screwed up with like Battlefield One with this ha having the exact same issues. It, I don't know. It, there, there, there's a lot of problems that happened at launch that, you know, I believe were patched. It, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if if twenty forty two or Call of Duty Vanguard. I don't know which one is performing the worst because like there's a lot of marketing that really hyped it up and then it was just, you know, a bit of a letdown, you know, mm. but Vanguard was also a letdown, you know? Yeah. Honestly, I would think that if you had to compare between which one I think was the bigger failure, I think it would be Battlefield 2042 because at least Call of Duty Vanguard, from what I understand, seems like it's a not as buggy game. But then you see this, and you're like, this is a complete buggy mess. You have guns that are not aiming straight, but instead going like 45 degrees to the left. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, I saw that. Um, uh, you see, with Vanguard, they're, you know, Vanguard is, I mean, it's not as buggy. You can still kind of uh, abuse some glitches in Vanguard that should never have been there. And there's also the time where you get stuck on random ledges and stuff. You know, it's hard to mantle over um, certain things that you shouldn't be stuck on. Like, you're stuck on, like, like knee-high fences or rubble or something that you shouldn't get stuck on on any other COD. So, but besides 2042's, like, uh, you know, obvious, like, uh, visual glitches, some that are actually devastating to gameplay uh, you know would you rather have your gameplay stunted or it be a 
uh, a like a unseeable mess, I guess, you know? I mean, then again, Vanguard had, like, a few issues with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One launch because it was very blurry. The render resolution was really low, and I don't know. It's... Yeah. Both of them... Both of them are disappointment. What is this guy saying? At least Halo Infinite was not that buggy. Oh, besides, like, the big team battle, like, you could actually play the game and it actually, you know, it actually worked. Oh, yeah, certainly. It was, I mean, it was still it was just fun, the... despite the fact that not as many maps as there should be by now. Yeah, other than the content drought, I mean, at least it was enjoyable. There's a few minor, you know, complaints, I guess, but other than progression and the lack of uh like maps at launch and game modes that should have been in there at the first place no offense i'd rather have been dealing with halo and halo infinite was free these other two games paid 60 70 bucks for 80 bucks probably for the bundle or something i don't know a hundred a hundred and you're not even guaranteed to have your playstation 5 or xbox series x in stock what the <laughs> Sorry. Do the AVGN thing. That was going to be the perfect spot for it. What were they thinking? <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna fucking. <sighs> oh. God, where the fuck is the Heineken? <sighs> no. Not a Heineken. Rolling Rock. I need to down a Rolling Rock. Oh my god. <laughs> that they only have Heineken. Fucking. <sighs> my blood pressure is so. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back after this momentary break. And now that we're back from our break, I think it's time to bring up our next topic for the day, and we're going to talk about something with Stadia. Now, what's been going on with Stadia is the fact that if you look over here, is that as we all know, Google Stadia was originally going to be more of a competitor to Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft, but it kind of just got evolved, devolved into like a third-party platform cloud streaming service. Mm. And now, yeah, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I say it's okay. And now, as we see from Business Insider, they're saying that some of studio, they're saying that the entire Stadia's project has been demoted within Google, and its new priority is to power experiences for companies including Peloton, Bungie, and Capcom, rather than attracting more games to Stadia itself. So, in other words, the idea is that instead of being like its own platform that you can have games for it's something that Google can license out to companies to power applications. Oh, I see. So, for instance, if you look at Peloton bikes, you know, the Peloton fitness bikes, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, they have a game called Lame Break that's on them, and it's actually being used by Google's cloud technology 
which is now known as Google Stream. Oh. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've always thought about uh, gamifying exercise. Yeah. So probably what they're doing now is instead of Stadia being its own platform, it's, it's just the fact that now the technology is being licensed by to other developers so they can use it for their own applications. Certainly, yeah. Now, I think this is a better move for Stadia, honestly. Like, if you see, like, how much the, the whole thing has failed on them. Oh, uh, yeah. There's no doubting that it failed. Um, I, I, you know, I, I remember they were giving away for free, and I think that's how you own one. Like, it was like a freebie with something. <laughs> uh and it's just like, hmm, you know, it's a, it's not great mark, or that's not like a profitable way, but okay, I guess. I mean, I mean, if it's broke, of course fix it, you know, <laughs> that source it out to other people to make it better, I guess. Yeah, so in other words, like, you're not going to, so pretty much what's going to probably happen is that eventually down the road the stadia service itself will probably get canceled you'll get like steam or you play codes for the games oh that's sad okay <laughs> right, i think then. that's what's going to happen eventually it's not confirmed now so i do remember that when the way i got assassin's creed odyssey on my pc was actually through no joke when google stadia was originally known as project stream like a beta version of Stadia. And literally no joke. They, after the, the test was done, they're like, here's a code for you play for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Have fun. Oh, okay. So I literally just got the game for free. I think like a couple months after launch. Mm. Just from testing out Stadia. That's pretty cool. Though I wonder if the Stadia will just kind of come become e-waste you know it's, if, if they're just gonna like may you know discontinue it that's what i mean i, I feel like that's what's gonna happen that eventually google's instead of us doing a whole stadia platform they're just gonna do like we say see here license out the technology like hey uh you can use our technology to power your experience and mm -hmm. just do whatever you want with it and if you scroll down the article further, you can see here, current former employees said the priority was now on proof of concept work for school stream and securing white label deals. One estimated about 20% of the focus was on the consumer platform or Stadia itself. Huh. So translation, 80% of, of the cloud technology money they would have used, according to Google Stream, is used towards these licensing deals. And 20% of the folk, their entire focus is just on Stadia. Yeah, I see. And makes sense that they would want to exit or something, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And they even say that two sources told Business Insider that Google Stadia boss Phil Harrison, now it reports to Jason Rosenthal, Google's vice president of subscription services, except directly to Google hardware boss Rick Osterloh. Which they say it's a, demo a demotion for the entire Stadia division. 
And on top of two, they're also saying another example of this licensing of the technology is look at this. Peloton isn't the only company that's quietly using Google Stadia as a white label service. AT&T confirmed that its own free browser-based access to Batman Arkham Knight last October ran on Stadia Tech. And that Capcom is also in talks to do the same with web-based demos of its games. And Destiny developer Bungie was looking to build its own stream platform on top of Google Stream. So, I mean, it's 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 not just a, uh, you know. I mean, it, it's it feels like it's on life support, you know, in a sense, with like just kind of being used here and there for like very odd jobs, you know. Like, I mean, eh, I mean, it's better than just you know it being a thing and then be like, eh, whatever, you know, but. Uh, but what, what about this tweet down here, actually, now you mention it? So... I mention it. So, as, if you look at the top a little before, then, since Google spokesperson Patrick Sable provides with this statement of the matter of, you know, with all this weight labeling, we announced our intentions of helping publishers and partners deliver games directly to the gamers last year, and have been working towards that. The first manifestation has been our partnership with AT&T, who is offering Batman... Batman Batman Arkham Knight available to their customers for free. While we won't be comp- commenting on any rumor speculation regarding the other industry partners, we are still focused on bringing great games to Stadia in 2022. With 200 plus titles currently available, we expect to have another 100 plus games added to the platform this year and currently have 50 games available to claim in Stadia Pro. Later in the day, Google also subtweeted the report. If you hear one thing, hear this. The Stadia team is working really hard on a great future for Stadia in cloud gaming. We hope you agree, and we know the proof is in the playing. To me, I kind of don't buy this, honestly. I mean, look at the amount of tiles there is available. It's 200-plus tiles currently available on the platform. I don't think that's a good look. No. I mean... The sad part is that, um, you know, people have been getting into, you know, PC gaming a lot, um, like these years, and that contributes to the silicon shortage and stuff. Um, It's a really sad um, sight, in my opinion, is that, you know, game streaming platforms like this, you know, um, not... uh, doing as well or performing terribly even in a position where you know streaming games instead of you know remotely hosting them and playing them from hardware you know uh it's interesting to see a platform like this be down in the dumps you know that's something i've noticed is that it's you know it's very uh accessible to just pick up and play you don't need to have a computer all set up and all that you know and for a console shortage something like that um it's also something to take note of i don't know i just it's it's weird that they're in this position and yet it's one of the best times to you know 
nip in the bud the uh, opportunity. I mean, you're fucking Google. Like, how do you lose to this? Exactly. And you know, that's another thing is Google is like the, you know, instead of searching something, we say we Google something. It's the, you know, like it's the thing we use when we use the Internet. We Google something. You know, Google is Android. You know, we have we have all of our phones except for you know these weird like off-brand ones and ios you know uh that's that's all of our phones you know your google how how does stadia how does me not taking this cruddy phone which for some reason just turned on i don't know why this cruddy phone that i have which you can't see but how can i not just have like a stadia app that i can stream I don't know, Red Dead 2 from, I guess, or something, or Halo Infinite even. I can play it on my phone with the cafe internet, you know? Well, the thing is, there actually is a Stadia app on your phone you can stream games with, but even then. Well, it, I mean, at that point, then, yes, but why Why is that not being utilized as much? I apologize, I'm, I hope I'm, that didn't sound ignorant. Uh, but if that is the case, then why are people not taking advantage of that because a phone is pretty cheap i mean compared to a thousand dollar plus whatever graphics card you want sort of computer you know right so crazy i think it only works once you realize game pass exists because for fifteen dollars oh, yeah. for fifteen dollars a month you get access to game pass ultimate which also gives you access to cloud streaming with over 100 yeah. games on the fly and also GeForce Now, which hey. thankfully is an exclusive, you know. <laughs> right. So in a way, not only is that, but Google just gave up on it way too soon. They didn't like think about it this way. Google was going to have like first party developed games for the service. And literally like right after Cyberpunk 2077 came out, they had stopped all ambitions of it. I, I don't, I don't know. It's such a, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, they they just gave up on it. You know, they really just gave up on Stadia and yeah, took a nosedive with it. They they this should have this should be like the the beat. And I guess I mean it's kind of old fashioned to say that, but this should have been the shit. You know. Uh. This should have been the thing that everyone is using their phones for, you know? Should you walk out, you know, instead of somebody watching a YouTube video, they're playing a game on their phone with a controller that's Bluetoothed to it. Or somebody is using a really cruddy, you know, old Mac or something like that, and they're playing, you know... A really, really like new game that shouldn't be able to run on that hardware because they're instead streaming it. Right. I know. I know game streaming isn't perfect. Sorry. I I, I know game streaming isn't perfect. It you can see either you feel the input latency or you feel the visual fidelity dropping, or sometimes it stutters. I guess, but. 
other than that, like, if you can't afford a gaming PC, can't build one, and... Or you're in some sort of, like, bad position, you know, it's... It's not a bad option, and I don't understand why... Uh, why Google hasn't done anything to progress their version of it, because it's such a interesting concept, you know? Mm. To say something, to say the least, I mean, Google had a lot of these features, like, planned, like, YouTube integration with Stadia with the idea that if you if someone would live stream a game on YouTube, they could be like, oh, hey, this game's also available on Stadia. Just fire, just click on the link here, and you just go immediately play the game through Stadia. They were gonna Holy have something like shit. that. That is fucking awesome. You you're watching um I don't know, your favorite let's player playing a game and then you just fire it up through a you know, the eye icon in the top right corner, you know? Uh, oh, oh my god, that's uh, why did they fuck that up? Well, the problem <sighs> is that they had a free tier and a pay tier. And yet the problem is they didn't include all the main enticing features for the thing. On the day it came out. Oh. Oh. So while they announced plans, like, oh, hey, we have this plan for, you know, have a YouTube integration with Stadia. And as soon as they mentioned that, the thing came out and you're like, well, all the super cool things we could have done with Stadia are not there. Believe it or not, when Stadia first came out, the only way you could do anything with Stadia was the fact that you had to actually have the Chromecast Pro Edition to have the Chromecast and everything. And just get a phone with the Stadia app on it, and that's the only way you can get it on TV. So playing games on a web browser was not even a thing you could do at launch. Yeah, I, I just, oh god. So if they didn't screw up the launch of Stadia, I think it could have been a lot bigger than it should have been. They really should have, yeah, they really should have just, it should have gone so much, so, so much more than it initially was. My gosh. Yeah. I honestly feel <sighs> like they should have had every feature at launch, both the free tier and the pay tier should have been there at launch. Because back then, yeah. you only had the Stadia Pro tier, which is the only way you could actually utilize the service. You know, that's the thing I noticed, is that everyone is, like, drip-feeding features, and they're not doing it at launch, you know? Yeah. Ugh, it's so annoying. But, yeah. Um, honestly, though, like, it's a shame that Stadia is, you know, demoted. Like, it could have been something so much more... And then here it is, just be practically being given away for free. Yeah. And just not being utilized for what it originally was meant to be. Yeah. I... Um, on the bright hand, though, let's talk about the fact that the Pokemon... Diamond and Pearl Sound Library is now available for content creator, creators and stuff. Oh, yes, this. Uh... So, essentially, what it is is that if you scroll all the way down, oh. 
what it is is it's it's the Pokemon company and letting people use the soundtracks for videos and music compilations and for non-commercial events, etc. Wow. So, <laughs> That's all I could say. It's like, wow. So, we, for instance, if we wanted to, we could use the Pokeball sound effect from Diamond and Pearl in our Godcast videos and say we caught the rubber duckies. I, I swear if that's a post-edit sound effect, I swear to God. <laughs> I, I'm i not going to do it for caught, this one, but in the future videos. You, you caught me in a Pokeball. Oh, my God. I'm being sucked into the Pokeverse. <laughs> oh, tell me how inside a Pokeball feels. Here, it's supposed to feel pretty nice for cozy for the trap creatures. Um, all I can say is, uh, PETA was right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, no, um, all I could say is, uh, uh, it's like being suspended in, um, uh, a chocolate shell. And if you're allergic to chocolate, then it's butterscotch. And if you're allergic to butterscotch and chocolate, fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, vanilla. <laughs> and if you're allergic to all three of those, there's a burning hell waiting for you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, whatever happiness is to you, that's what it is. Right. So, it's like it makes us wonder, like, this actually could be pretty good. Like, it's like how we mentioned, I think, one of the episodes, or maybe while we are chatting, the copyright law should be that, hey, uh, if you're doing anything for non-commercial use, you should be able to use the music for any project you want. But once you get into the commercial license tier, you should have to pay some sort of money in order to be able to utilize these songs yeah because you are profiting off of another creator but um yeah though i i feel like copyright law is really outdated and it only appeals to uh stuff that you know in my opinion i feel like it only appeals to uh, uh i guess you know like it appeals to original types of media that were around at that time you know like i i feel like if you were to uh you know um like if you wrote a book at that time and it was obviously pl plagiarized you know then that's different from having you know uh some music being playing in the background you know for something that you're not even profiting off of you know, it might be a public performance, but what you just you tell me I couldn't go to Central Park as a public performance and like play my rendition of baby metal, I guess, or something. Woo! <laughs> or 
Something like that. Like, you're telling me I couldn't grab Hydrowave here, and we could just rock out in one of these, you know? We couldn't just, you know, dress up 100% in baby metal attire <laughs> and just, you know, get our guitars. Where's the guitar? I'm just going to use this gun as an example. Uh, fuck. You know. And we couldn't be playing some riffs from our favorite metal artists. Obviously, metal, you know. You know, and then have Hatsumi Miku be our vocalist. <laughs> then that is utter bullshite if we could not. And as such. You're telling me that Epic Games <laughs> cannot own that parody rendition of Default Dance. <laughs> but also, we can't publicly do it without copyright. Er, again, I'm getting my words mixed up. I'm having like a stroke, I think. Uh, give me one second. Anyways, back to Pokemon. <laughs> uh... I just feel like copyright laws are a bit iffy, you know, and they only appeal to, uh, they only appeal to, uh, you know, higher ups nowadays that have more power than us. Yeah, I feel like they don't really, uh, I feel like it doesn't, it's not a good, uh, system anymore because the world has changed a lot since the initial copyright acts were, you know, uh, hell, even if they were updated, you know, when, when was, oh, shit, was copyright made? 1790. That was when fucking George Washington was like, the first president I think, of the still States. alive. Um, yeah. You should probably look up one of the copyright law well, last updated. Uh, okay, yes. Uh, last. Um. So, according to uh, this Quora person, Tapan Chakraborty or something, 1976, United States copyright law was last generally revised by the Copyright Act of 1976, codified in Title 17 of the United States Code. Um, and, yeah. Uh... You know, that thirty years worth actually more than thirty years worth of freaking updating we have to do. Yeah, the the most recent was like the Copyright Amendment Act in nineteen eighty four. Apparently, that was like the timeline of it. Um, 
And apparently, uh, oh yes, and I think this was like touched upon by Disney so they could keep Mickey Mouse or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and you have like 70 years um, after you after you die for somebody to swoop up your copyright and then it goes into public domain. So yeah, um, I mean, there were a few like policies and reports, I guess, that were like thrown about. But fuck's sake, if it isn't, you know, th there wasn't anything significant to point out, you know, just shitty. Like, eh. it's not enough, you know. Right. All I can say about this is that at least a Nintendo Ninjas will go after you for trying to use Pokemon sound effects from this game. And B, we can catch some rubber duckies with the Pokeballs. Woo! And also, um, we can now hear Diamond and Pearl music without, uh, in our, in the background of, uh, unmonetized videos. Bigger, yes. This is truly a win for the player. Yes, certainly. This um, is good for the player. Absolutely. This is good for Twitch streamers, actually, I think. So long as they're it's not like, trying to make money off of it, unlike someone else that we know. <sighs> uh, speaking of money, financial results from Nintendo. Woo! Nintendo. Yeah, and it still floats with Nintendo, so yeah. When they're not trying to be charitable, they're making money. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why Alpaca doesn't want to get a Switch, because he feels that they're being too harsh on the consumer for doing almost nothing. Just kidding. No. But anyways, let's get on to the real news here. After I refresh this page like 5,000 times to get it alone. Support Nintendo when they strive to create NFTs for the masses. I'm just kidding. Well, actually, they don't seem to have current plans for that right now, which we'll get to that soon. Oh, wow. Wow, Miyamoto. What the hell? No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, so if you look at this PowerPoint slide that actually has context. Yep. Uh, we're going to keep scrolling a little bit. I'm not going to focus as much on the consolidated hi financial highlights, so we're going to skip that for now. But I will like to focus on this briefly. And this paragraph down here. So look at the regional split. I want you to see something. Which region makes the most amount of money? Uh, the Sinnoh region. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, go to page four of the PDF. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, uh, oh, wow. Okay, so, yeah, the Americas. I mean, that's kind of obvious, but... Europe is so small, though. Wow. Where is a pretty big place. Combining the United States and Europe together is about 59%. Now, think of it this way. 
Nintendo primarily likes to make decisions for the 21% in Japan. So put that into perspective. That means most of the decision making they make revolves more about Japan and not what the rest of the world wants. Mm, I mean, I, I understand that because hmm. Japanese culture is a bit different. Yeah, but I, it, you know, if they're if they're into business and stuff, though, I mean, aren't they like? Yeah, that I, I get what you mean. Like, Japan is only a like fraction. Like, you know, of course, it's just like what is that? Twenty? Yeah, twenty-one percent. Um, but yeah, wow. And, and the rest of the world is like, wow. <laughs> That's all I can say. You know. But if you look down um, here, you can see as we get down here it says. Sephora sales are dedicated video game business declined by 6.1% year on year to whatever that is. Sales increased this fiscal year compared to last year when AOL Crossing New Horizons, which was a large driver of the overall Switch business. However, cumulative sales of Nintendo hardware have now grown beyond 100 million units. As a result of continued growth, good sales of new and evergreen titles that have leveraged this install base, overall net sales reached the third highest level of sales in a third quarter. So, translation, Switch is doing extremely well. And it is practically Nintendo's one of those, their few, actually I think the second or third system that reached over 100 million systems sold it beat yeah. the Wii and the Wii was a printer yeah but the, here's the thing though the Wii was a system that was primarily catered towards soccer bombs who only bought Wii Sports and that was it and the Switch is a portable tablet with detachable controllers that's no catering to those soccer moms who are now much older and want to sit down and farm with uh, anthropomorphic uh, animals. And on top of two, like I said before, it's technically a tablet I can plug into a TV. But still. And that too. And it's seen, and obviously Nintendo's mobile efforts have declined, and that could also make sense too because of the fact that they haven't been focusing on. I haven't seen another mobile release from Nintendo recently, and I remember explicitly mentioning. I think they mentioned at one point that Animal that they slowed it down mobile development because Animal Crossing did so well. Oh. So less microtransactions. Woo! This slide we don't care about. This slide we don't really care about. This slide we don't really care about. This one's kind of important. Look at this. The fort. So go to page eight. Okay. 
The forecast sales volume for Nintendo Switch hardware for this fiscal year was revised downward by 1 million units from the previous forecast of 23 million units in light of the impact of the shorts and semiconductor components on production. However, we revised the forecast sale for the Nintendo Switch software up by 20 million units to 220 million units, considering the sales performance throughout throughout the third quarter. So this is just showing that the impact of the chip shorts is still being relevant. Certainly. And we keep going down. I think this is a slide that starts to get really important. Go to page 10. Oh, yeah. I'm on it. Oh, this is the one. Oh, my God. Look at Pokemon. And Mario Kart. <laughs> Mario Kart never ceases to end. Because if you go to the other article from Nintendo's financial site. And then yeah. go to top selling type sale units oh my god just why are so many why are so many people buying mario kart 8 just on the switch it's at 43.35 million units who the fuck buys this racing game <laughs> it's just fucking mario kart <laughs> i understand pokemon it's racing <laughs> and if you go if you click on where it says wii u It's at 8.46 million units, so combine the two together, you get like 51.7 million units for Mario Kart. That's not... What the fuck? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if they sold more Mario Kart than they did either of the systems. Like, they probably sold more Mario Kart 8 than fucking the Wii U combined or something. Well, then again, keep in mind... Yeah, Mario Kart, technically, I think, yeah. Like, the 10 of this Wii U had, like, 13 million units or something like that. So, yeah, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe already outsold the Wii U anyways. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> it's a video game versus a console. <laughs> Same thing with Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing and Smash both outsold the Wii U. Jesus Christ. And the fucking Pokemon. It's almost 14 million. And that oh, just came God. out, like, November. <laughs> and that's just November. Oh, my God. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, um. The fuck? Man, imagine being in a position where your entire, like, you know, fan base just wants more Mario Kart 8. You can't even make a sequel. Like it's selling that, so well. Like if that, I mean, that's why, like... Why couldn't they make Mario Party a freaking Marvel Live server? Just make it the option to buy more DLC for fuck's sake. Yeah. You could have like, made more money off of that than making Mario Kart 9. Like, this is like... This is like... They could have pulled a... They could have pulled a Rockstar or a Todd Howard and Milk Skyrim and Grand Theft Auto V until those otters were very, very... Like... Ah. Oh my god, holy shit. And people just keep on buying it! I mean, look at this here. It's just like... Looking at the software sales over the three-month period, both Mario Party Superstars, released in October, and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shine Pearl, which they mentioned released in November, 
Got off to a good start with the former at 5.43 million units and the latter 13.97 million units. Tiles released in the previous fiscal years also continued to do well with results like an increase from the same period last year to overall sales of 85.4 million units. It's just this year. <laughs> and they showed up a graph of the Switch sales. They showed a annual playing users. And we scroll down more. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Go to page 13. All right. And this is the global sell-through rate of first-party titles. Now, if you look at where it says previous... So, if you look at new titles released in the year, you can see Metroid Dread re released with 2.3 million units. Mario Golf Superstars released at 2 million. Skyward Sword HD released with 3.2 million. I think we talked about both Mario and Zelda earlier. The party and, and Mario and... So let's get through that. Oh my God, like, like I, I don't know, I don't know how to say this. It's just like insane with both Mario Kart Eight and um, the amount of people buying Pokemon as well. But also, look, you notice how Metroid gets like two point three million. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wonder if they should tap more into that market because, like, you know. Metroid, you know, it's it's been on hiatus for a long time, I know. Uh, also, look at Skyward Sword. That's a remake, you know, or a remaster, I mean, and it's it was something from the Wii. So, <laughs> anyway. And you can see Smash and Zelda still sell. Certainly. <laughs> no doubt. And we can scroll down a little bit more. Oh, and 3D World, you know, the Switch uh, release, not the Wii U. And, and that still contained the Bowser's Fury DLC expansion thing, too. That's, that makes Marvel 3D World even... That gives another more open area of 3D World, even. Yeah. And you can see, <sighs> like, the digital sales trend and how that's doing. And you can see this was before, I think this was before Legends Arceus and the Forgotten Land came out. By the way, if you care about Forgotten Land, that is the first 3D mainline Kirby game. Yeah, I know about that. Um, it's you, you mentioned it might take on the formula of Breath of the Wild, in a uh, sense. Um, well, it's more like, think of more like 3D Land or 3D World. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, okay. Then. Or Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, okay. Also, the the I think we were talking about how the buildings looked a lot, like, really ruinous. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, that's about it. But, yeah, what do you think of all this stuff here for this financial report? Uh, I mean, other than, like, you know sales and stuff of course because like i mean it's not me making the money so i don't really care but uh <laughs> i guess uh but oh my god mario kart 8 <laughs> it's still fucking selling <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Uh, it's like a slot machine that just doesn't keep on, that just keeps on dispensing, even though it's ran out of coins, it's still sh <laughs> you know. But, uh, I mean, mm, I mean, awesome. Hey, to be fair, at least this, at least their slideshow is more entertaining than Sony's slideshow, so I'll give you that one. Yeah, certainly. At least don't fucking break the laws of physics buying a fucking re-release of a game, you know, 7.93 million times over. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, not, I mean, to be fair, I am one of the people that also... Motherfucker. I don't even own it. Man, I feel like I feel like I'm in like a crowd of people that own it, and like I'll just go to somebody's somebody's rent like randomly just op go into somebody's house and just see a copy just lying about there on the shelf. I swear to God, it'll it'll be as simple as that. Oh, and where's where did he go? Oh, oh, for fuck's sake, he he doesn't even. He has the Wii U version. Jesus, why? Why did you do that to yourself? Uh, do I have the Wii U version at least? God, I. Honestly, the reason why I had I bought the Switch version in the first place was because. This was when the Switch just came out, and I wanted a game to play, and obviously having Mario Kart 8 means you can at least play with people online. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess, like, oh, man, I, I really need to reevaluate re my, uh, my, uh, my content. It should just be Mario 8 Deluxe all the day. <laughs> You'll see me in a kart racer next episode. With Maybe. rubber duckies. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have some investor questions from Nintendo. And if you scroll down... My God, the Nintendo Switch has sold more physical Switches than the Wii U has sold software. Oh my God. Anyways, just take a look at the third article I have about Nintendo. Oh, okay, the yeah. Nintendo no, I was looking at that, I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Uh, Nintendo on Switch demand and production, metaverse slash NFT interests. So or... if you scroll down to this question, how 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 think about metaverse and NFT? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is what they say. Okay. We do have interest in this area. We feel the potential in this area, but we wonder what joy we can provide in this area, and this is difficult to define right now. Oh my god, Nintendo. So probably what they're saying is, yes, we're looking into it, but we don't feel like we can do a good job at it right now. 
They could be our saviors. I don't know what I'm saying. They should... But remember we were talking about the Miiverse? <laughs> what if they just made the Miiverse? The Miiverse. <laughs> well, technically you can make Miis on the Switch, so... It could be possible. I have plans for you. But then again, you could technically view Animal Crossing New Horizons as a metaverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Oh my gosh, yeah. That. Yeah. What? What? What if they make Animal Crossing, and you're me, but it's. Oh my god. What? What if there was like an update? that made everything, like, combined into a metaverse or something. The metaverse. You have to pronounce it very specifically, like Italiano. <laughs> metaverse, like Mario. <laughs> <sighs> that would be kind of funny if you think about it. Um... And on top of it, too, what also is nice about this, too, I mean, with Animal Crossing being a metaverse, I mean, I guess you could say it's not nice, but if you think of Animal Crossing being a metaverse, a lot of people actually host the talk shows in Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. And what if that is public performance and we can play Diamond and Pearl soundtrack? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm moving more towards uh, Eastern European, but uh, still, the, the point still stands. Right. What uh, if we had Metaverse and Animal Crossing? We had Baby Metal Concert. <laughs> we could very much have a wonderful time at the Metaverse. We could have sing with the with the Metal Sun and uh, Baby Sun, and have fun, fun times with Isabel. <laughs> and and tell that Tom Nook to shove his taxes right up his ass. <laughs> well, speaking of metaverses, we could talk about metaworms. Oh, yes. Team 17 unveils metaworms NFTs. Oh, the scheisse. I don't know why I'm saying German words. I should be calling them Sukabliats, but you know... <laughs> God damn it, Alpaca. If you're going to be proud of being an Italian the rest of the episode, just get a mustache on you for freak's sakes. Oh, yeah. Get a mustache you know, and a chef hat or something. I thought I defined myself as Eastern European, but eh, it is okay. I am. Uh, I could be a mixed. Uh, mixed origin. Okay, we could all be one as a whole. Okay, that's weird. Oh, anyways. So, there's a series called Worms, and they're getting an NFT version. And apparently, they were, what their original plan was going to do is that they were going to pledge a... They're going to pledge an amount to donate a cut the proceeds to Coin for Planet, which is an initiative that supports multiple sustainability efforts. The donors children of donate specifically to Refeed Farm Plan, which supports food waste processing worm beds. And 
This was because I guess T seventeen acquired Astragon for eighty six million dollars to expand its non violent gaming offering, and it picked up in. Yeah, so that's what happened there. It was just gonna make NFTs, and they were going to the funds to a farm, it's like a farm plan that supported food waste processing word beds. Nice. That seemed pretty iconic, but again, this is NFTs, and we all know how much the current implementation of NFTs kind of suck. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I look like Pringles, by the way. Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just realized I look like a lot like the Pringles can. Um, uh <laughs> No, I, I I know. Um, I mean, yeah, but isn't worms like you know, really like sacred almost? It's like taking um. Oh shit! I searched up worms, but I didn't say game, so I got a picture of a bunch of worms. Yeah, isn't worms kind of yeah? Like worms is like a really uh you know uh, I mean people when they think of you know, that worm game, I guess. Uh, I don't know much about it, honestly, but I know that it's a thing. Um, Me neither, but I feel like the series is too small to really make any use of NFTs. uh, Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of just like stepping on holy ground in a sense. Yeah. However, when you look at the next update... That should load at any second. We'll see that that they listen to our their teammates, development partners, and their game communities and the concerns that they express, and therefore taking the decision to back step from the NFT space. And if you scroll down a little bit, you'll find a guy named Robotic Potato that is uh, showing a worm falling into the ocean, and. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, it's funny that people like really revolted and I don't understand why they even tried, you know, they, they like, it's like, it's such a niche, like, like it's, it's like I said, it's stepping on holy ground, you know, <sighs> I don't know why they even did this. You know, think about it. Right. But what may not be as much of holy ground is GameStop officially confirming their entry into the the NFT marketplace. Awesome. Thanks, GameStop. Thanks, GameStop, for reducing your shelving of video games and practically have no games ever taking my step th- step in the store. Yeah, and then um, create being part of a money making exploit for bitcoins. I think. And then I think the only positive thing that for Alpaca is they sell those Hatsune Miku rubber duckies. Oh fuck. <laughs> 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 you see, Suka, I do not like Hatsune Miku. 
Anyway, um. Anyways, so GameStop is planning to launch its own marketplace for non-fungible tokens and is co-creating an up to $100 million fund for game developers who use it. Marketplace marks GameStop's expansion from a popular meme stock to a company that dabbles in cryptocurrencies and Web3 tech. And it's built on the Immutable X which is a platform based on the popular Ethereum cryptocurrency blockchain designed by Immutable, the company behind the NFT trading card game Gods Unchained. Immutable X intends to mitigate the biggest drawbacks of Ethereum, its massive energy consumption, and the high associated gas fees, which can add exorbitant processing costs to any transaction. Protocol combines hundreds of thousands of sale records into a single transaction that's written to the Ethereum blockchain, mutable promises to make up for the environmental costs it does incur by paying for carbon offsets. So, yeah. Alpaca, I know you're hiding in the back shadow. <laughs> you see, Suka, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh shit, uh. <laughs> You see, Soka, this is bullshit. This offsetting bullshit is not right, okay? We need to plant more trees, not worry about money in the sky. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, great. Well, GameStop is officially fucking broke. <laughs> and is now delving into what seems like an easy market. This is the same um, thing that happened to Radio Shack. Remember that. Yes. Yes. And, uh... Blockbuster, you know. <laughs> well, more so Radio Trying Shack because Blockbuster just kind of stuck with just doing DVDs. Radio Shack, however, got to a point where they were so desperate they tried to cling on to anything. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. Yeah, that mm, that's that's a better yeah, example. I mean, with Blockbuster, they kind of just like stuck to their own ways, but also trying to try to kind of be like, eh, well, you know, we got that thing you can rent, by the way. But now, nah, fuck. Yeah, GameStop lives in a race of how the hell do we survive? Yeah. One of the last, so, the last major video game chain that's out there. Unfortunate, but meh. Go support that's your retro gaming stores instead. <laughs> yeah, go to your local, support your local businesses. The only way you can really save the, uh, physical um game store you know go find yourself uh, we, some copies of marvel vs. capcom 2 or or Sonic go 3. buy some pokemon go buy some pokemon cards from them because some of them are intercontinental and sell pokemon cards too exactly just go to your retro gaming store and buy some stuff and i'm sure you'll have much better time and you get to preserve history oh yeah and you actually meet up with some cool people not people who feel like they're forced to live there <laughs> something yes and then yeah just don't be one of those people that like to think that retro gaming is bad yeah 
And don't, like, cause a, mi a fit in the middle of a GameStop because you can't get your way. Just do it. Do what Christine Chan did. You went too far. <laughs> did I overstep my boundaries? I, I forgot. I, I don't know what you're talking. Oh, my God. So Christine Chan, who originally was Chris Chan, went to a GameStop. It had a massive fit. Inside a GameStop, I think it resulted in her being arrested. Oh. That's not what I was mentioning, but... Oh. Just don't do that. That's not what I was referring to, but okay. Holy shit. Okay. I always um, take things to the next level, so I apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was thinking about the uh, that, that one guy who just decided to knock over a shelf and walked out. I don't even know what the context was. Uh, however, while we do know GameStop is a taking company desperate for, you know, NFTs... What about a company that is trying to develop NFTs get, it's like, or try to build a metaverse? Oh, yes. Well, we can talk about how meta is currently going through a $10 billion loss right now. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a bit more pivotable. P pivot, bleh, you know what I'm trying to say. It's a bit more of a, a head turner. So probably uh, what ten billion. <laughs> so probably what's Go happening ahead. is Sorry. the company lost over ten billion dollars on its Reality Labs division in twenty twenty one, according to its fourth quarter earnings report. They're saying that this fully result realized vision is a, still a long ways off, and although the direction is clear, our path ahead is not yet perfectly defined. And they're saying the company planned to launch a new high-end VR headset as well as a mobile version of its Horizon VR experience. And it's the first time the company shared a financial report of the AR and VR division that's central to its metaverse ambitions. And that the metaverse isn't yet turning a profit is a surprise. And it says, but combined with flat user growth and continue hit to its advertisements, the company's fourth quarter results sent Meta's stock into a nosedive on Wednesday. And they say that among the concerns, Facebook's daily active users declined from 1.93 billion to 1.92 billion. And they're saying they blame it as increased competition from TikTok. I mean... I don't think TikTok's really the same. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the thing is that they're saying we're in the middle of a transition on our own services towards short form videos like Reels. Reels is now our fastest growing content format by far. But he's saying that Reels doesn't yet monetize as well as stories or feeds. The Facebook founder said last quarter that attracting young adults between the ages of 18 and 29 would be one of its top priorities. I see how that goes. Because yeah, I know a lot of people think Facebook is like a boomer site, so I I can I can see why 
they're doing that sort of stuff because some people just it's you know some people just don't get it you know yeah i think part of the problem too is the fact that the older generations you have a hard time getting them in but once you get them in they're fucking in yeah uh, the older generations, what they tend to do is that if they find something, they'll stick to it for a lot longer than the younger generations. Because the younger generations will flock off the other things. Yeah, and I, I see that can be attributed to attention spans and uh, maybe can't teach an old dog new tricks sort of stuff, I guess. You know, <laughs> that type of idea. Um Anyways, continue on. Mm-hmm. Yep. So while one company is getting a loss from their metaverse emissions, how about getting your tax with cryptocurrency? Uh, no. No. Oh my god, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus. Imagine, I mean, yes, actually, because what if the the coin that you get is like really volatile and then tomorrow you wake up and your tax refund has now turned into your lifetime savings worth of uh, value. That's a, a possibility. But anyways, so what happens that TurboTax partnered with Coinbase. And the idea is simple. You begin fire tax with the Coinbase section of the TurboTax website, and then you log in using your TurboTax credentials and complete the tax return. And after your tax refund has been calculated, TurboTax will ask you to enter account details to re- receive your, the refund. And then from there, it's good, if you follow the directions of the Coinbase option, they'll set up your direct deposit account. And then from there, you're good to go. And yeah, so essentially you could just get your tax return with just freaking cryptocurrency. That's pretty, uh, pretty substantial. I mean, the, the thing is, is I, I, uh, like, like the thing I just mentioned before. Imagine it that happens. Uh, I mean, it you know, it's it's cryptocurrency, so who knows? But wow. Eh. Um. Well, that's that's cool. Yeah, I guess I I'd love to have that happen, and then all of a sudden, wait. I thought I only got like what a hundred bucks. <laughs> I don't know. And now it's ten thousand dollars. Yeah, now it's like, oh god, that would be like that would be like waking up to, uh, like a tree that you just planted into a full-grown like you know elder tree. It looks like the Deku tree from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. For scale purposes. Of course. Yeah. And then that way, Alpaca can finally get his baby metal collection fully set up. He can have baby metal t-shirts and concert posters and... 
Uh, or you, uh, can you were use, saying? Uh, or he could use the build a super ridiculous. could also use that $10,000 to make a super ridiculous game PC. Yes. Oh, fuck. Uh. <laughs> uh. Or I can buy one of these. <laughs> that is true. What is this image? Oh, shit. That's Curse Alpaca. You don't want to see that. No, you don't. <laughs> But if you, you saw that, good? if you if you saw that, I hope you didn't close your. I hope you got close your eyes and run away to some refuge. <laughs> yeah, either that or you know, right? Is anybody here like Alpaca? Another way. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, um, <sighs> I mean, hey, finally they can. In, I mean. Actually, no, they can't. They could have, but now they can't. They could have seen me through the device. And oh, yes. Please. We have to talk about the supposed death of the HoloLens. What is this rumor? What is this whole thing about? Um, okay, so, so uh, they're very divided on like like the you know mixed reality team that creates the stuff that works on the stuff very divided on like what to do because uh it says the future of microsoft's hololens is reportedly uncertain as the company struggles to put together a coherent mixed reality strategy um tech giant scrapped its plan for what have been the hololens 3 in recent months one of publication sources it believes it's the end for the headset. In addition, the sources said Microsoft inked a deal to team up with Samsung to develop a brand new mixed reality device, which has caused an internal divide within the mixed reality division. Uh, Frank Shaw denied that the HoloLens, HoloLens is dead. That's Microsoft's spokesperson, one of them. Um, it's a critical part of the company's plans for emerging categories like mixed reality and metaverse um so it's a pretty much a rumor at this point because they're not confirming that it is anywhere near dead a matter of fact this person says that it's commit that they're still committed to it but there's definitely a scramble you know like the, the team apparently is divided on a few i guess uh, pol politics in the company, I guess, kind of in a sense. Like it's, um, as far as the, this article says, uh, and uh, 
you know, honestly, I really think they should work on um, like something like uh, like uh, bringing augmented reality, like uh, bring back like the connect, but bring that, but bring back like virtual dogs that you can pet. <laughs> that will solve everything. Anyways, I'm just kidding. No, create a digital version of me. And then I can, um, like, I don't know, something. Oh, wait, no. Bring the waifu to you with augmented reality. No, I'm just kidding. Finally, Alpaca can meet up with the Bay Metal Girls. Shut up. <laughs> or Asane Miku. <laughs> Anyways, um... Uh, well, what are, what are your, like, what are you, uh, what do you think? Um, you know, it's interesting to think about this in some ways. I mean, I, one, I haven't heard anything about the HoloLens 3 in a while, but. I, I forgot what the HoloLens was. It was an AR headset that you use. So it's not like VR where you get yeah. immersed in the world. It's like AR is, it enhances the world around you. Yeah, it's like a uh, reverse VR headset. Instead of a digital world you're seeing through, you're seeing through uh, another camera, but that camera, um, the device that's projecting that camera's uh, sight is also a screen that can be manipulated by the software to Mm. create 3D objects and stuff. Yep, so for instance, Uh, we could have a Hatsune Miku model on Alpaca's desk. (laughs) <laughs> no. no or we can have a female version of alpaca nearby <laughs> you know i i i it, it is it is a wondrous thing the uh technology that we have and uh if only if only we could you know create a clone and then all of a sudden what where'd my dick go i'm just kidding (laughs) what what the fuck (laughs) anyway but they're saying here that it's likely that there's gonna be get so you know how Windows already has like the mixed reality headsets? I guess. The ones so. that aren't Oculus or HTC. Yeah. So yeah, Windows has these specific headsets that they partner off with companies like Acer or HP or Dell, whatever. And they all follow a Windows mixed reality standard. Okay. They might be doing something like that more so with a more AR focus. And since it's saying it's partnered with Samsung, that also could be likely. I see. Okay. But I have a feeling that the the HoloLens concept is going to be around for a while because it's mostly been used for, like, business purposes. Like, I don't see it in the consumer market very much. It's mostly used for business. Yeah. 
I mean, I see it as a entertainment device, if you know what I mean. <laughs> For your rubber duckies. Shut up. Oh, oh, okay. Those rubber duckies. Alright then. Not the, you know, horrifying image that was on the your background TV um, <laughs> at the start of this episode. And also the same one in my uh, 3D objects folder for some reason. I mean, what if it's both the Hatsai Miku rubber ducky and the plain rubber duckies? Then... It is only a matter of time before one of them unveils the disguise, and it's secretly all three baby metal uh, people creating concert, and I am <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Alright. Well, before we get on to another topic, I'd like to just share some showcase announcements that are occurring soon. And there are two of them. One of them is the Galaxy Unpacked, which is going to take place on February 9th. So this is likely something that we're going to follow after this episode is done. Because we're recording this as of Tuesday. February 8th. And they're speculating, according to Engad, they are anticipating this is going to be another... Samsung Galaxy phone. So likely something based off the. You're saying it could be an S22, which is like a slightly enhanced. You know what I mean? It's a, a more enhanced Galaxy phone. Yeah. And they're saying that another variant could be a ultra variant. Which will have some more RAM and better cameras. Okay. Um, that's one event here. The other one is, is an Apple event that's going to happen in early March. Alright. What they say could release another version of iOS at that time. And they're saying here that there's going to be, that there could supposedly be another version of the iPhone SE, which is the budget version of the iPhone. A refresh of the 2020 iPad Air and a new Mac computer that will feature Apple Silicon. The, the M1. I believe so, yeah. So, it'll have an Apple chip, not like Intel or anything. Oh, uh, I see. But they also say that Bloomberg did say much about the new Mac, but it could be a new 27-inch iMac Pro model. So, it's like a desktop Mac. That's using an ARM chip. Yeah. Um, thoughts about any of these events or what you think could base what you think what you'd like to see for some of these devices? 
I mean, like, I'm not super into, uh, you know, the brand new phones and all that, but, um, I mean, uh, the, it, I just really want to talk about, like, how, uh, you know, talk a little bit about how it's so interesting that we got these tiny little devices that use so little power and yet have so much, uh, performance to them, you know? Uh, they, you know, and, you know, um, I just, I find them, uh, just interesting because I have a computer, it's right there, I mean, it can do pretty, you know, awesome things, you know, like your computer Like Seahawks Miku in VR? Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, click, uh, the, uh, hide icon thing, <laughs> and, uh, then I'm gone, and, uh... You know, be able to, uh, you know, just like, I'm able to run games that look almost like real life, you know, and, I mean, kind of not really, but. <laughs> With rubber you know, duckies? I'm, but, shut up, and we're, we're able to, <laughs> we're able to, uh, uh, have phones that, you know, can connect from, you know, you know, can, gosh, we have, we have, we have phones that are. Not as powerful as that, but they're fit into such a tiny little package that you can just slip in your pocket and walk away. Uh, it's, um, I, I can only hope for them to get better, I guess, you know? Of course, eventually we get them. to the point where, who knows, maybe the, one of the cameras could actually start being a projector and you'll project AR models of, you know. Shut up. Rubber duckies or hot say Miku or any uh, J pop metal muting. girl. <laughs> and uh right click mute and check mark. Awesome. <laughs> uh and uh yeah, you know. It's such a great advance in technology. I mean, hey, you know, things, you know. Oh my god. But what if we could see iMessage reactions? Yes. From an Android. Oh my God. Yes. This is a blessing. I mean, we both have Android users, but my God, this yes. story is so true for the both of us. It is ridiculous. Finally, you be able to see the iMessage reactions from your best friend, Fat Llama. Woo! Uh, so apparently, like on this image, there's a guy called Fat Llama, and that, and it's like one of the. It's the red icon, and it's just like, um, who the fuck is Fat Llama, and how do I get in? No, I'm just kidding. Who is Fat Llama, and how can I join his mafia organization? Who is Fat Llama, and how do I, um... <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Who is Fat Llama? And how do I impress it? Yeah, so if any of you are seeing the mid video, this is the Fat Llama thing that Alpaca's making fun of over here. Anyways. So currently right now, Google Messages is starting to roll iMessage reactions in beta for Android users. And they say that once rolled out to your Android phone, Google Messages will convert iMessage reactions 
or they also know as tapbacks sent by iPhone users and respond to SMS slash MMS messages. Seven appears an annoying text version, i.e. loved testing. Which, thank God. That's the most annoying thing I have to deal with. I'll probably get you can attest to this. Um so uh I you know, um I I don't really deal with many um you know iMessage users. But um y you, you know, um I can only imagine how annoying it is to see uh, somebody that, you know, somebody that you think is like, I, I don't know, it just feels mocking almost until you realize that that's the problem with iMessages is when you react to something. I don't know. Like it's too proprietary that. Yeah, like uh, it, it, I don't know, it feels eh. You know, feels off. <laughs> yeah, and they say, and they show like what some of these reactions are. So, for instance, the I heart, the I message heart becomes the smiley face with hard eyes. Similarly, haha is face with tears of joy. The exclamation mark becomes face with open mouth, and the question mark is thinking face. Yeah. So, like, um, what I mean is like it feels alien. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like uh, you're translating. Like, it says translated from iPhone. But, uh, you know, um, it literally feels like a translated message from somebody who doesn't speak your language. <laughs> I, I don't know how to put it other than that. Like, like, imagine I just text you and I'm just like, by the way, loved, you know, parentheses. <laughs> yeah. But could we also just implement you know just tap acts in general for Android? That'd probably be the easiest thing, but eh, it tries. Or just like say no, I guess. And yeah. block the uh offending user. I don't know. Right. Overall, I do think this is going to be very helpful for Android users because I just hate seeing this text saying, loved this message. Yeah. Um, but we can also talk about set it uh, targeting in-app payment features. Something that will make all the Fortnite fans pretty happy. Oh. Finally, I'll be able to play Fortnite on iOS again. Woo! In China. Who knows? Anyways. Anyways, so what it's saying here is the Senate Judiciary Committee passed its second tech competition bill of the year Thursday, this time targeting Apple and Google's mobile app stores and their restrictions on developers. The committee voted to advance the bipartisan Open App Markets Act 20-2 to with Senate 
John Cornyn and Senator Tom Tillis serving as the only no votes. Last month, the panel also voted to advance the American Innovation and Choice Online Act, which would accomplish some of the same goals but impact a greater swath of tech companies by preventing dominant firms from unfairly ranking their own products above others or discriminating against rivals. And if we scroll here, The bill would make it so AppSword with more than 50 million U.S. users cannot require developers to use the platform's payment system as a condition for distribution. They also can't prevent or punish developers for offering their apps at different price points elsewhere. It would actually require the AppSword to allow developers to directly reach their users for legitimate business purposes. Translation, this allows for multiple payment options and they can charge and that the developer can charge different prices in other stores. So pretty much just a bunch of uh, antitrust type, uh, you know, uh, revisions, I guess. Pretty much. Or... Yeah, I... I um... Hold on one second. Uh, discriminating against rivals. Um, I. Well, is this like, uh, like, I, I don't know. Is, is this like Sega does what Nintendo sort of stuff? Or is it like, like, you know, actually being rude and, you know. I, I don't understand that part, but, eh. Anyways, um, so pretty much that type of stuff. <laughs> Antitrust type, uh, laws. I guess so, and additionally, if you look down in the paragraph down, it says, In a letter to Judiciary Committee, there's obtained by CNBC, Apple Senior Director of Government Affairs in the Americas, Timothy Powderly. Wrote, we are deeply concerned that the legislation, unless amended, would make it so easier for big social media platforms to avoid the pro-consumer practices of Apple's app stores and allow them to continue business as usual. It does so by mandating that Apple allow the sideloading of apps and app stores that need not comply with the app store's pro-consumer privacy protections. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... I remember Apple making a big deal about how sideloading is like, or was it Apple, right? They said that sideloading was like a uh, security concern or something. Mm. But it, it just seemed like a very like anti, like, uh, uh, you know, allowing you to do whatever you want with your device sort of thing. Mm. <sighs> um. So, yeah, I, I remember the, I remember seeing this um, this uh, that part of it. Um, when I was reading this earlier. So, yeah, I mean, um, what whatever helps people, uh, you know, at the lower end, kind of like not really even out, but whatever gives more of an edge to some people, you know, some lower tier, you know, uh, companies, you know, I. I I appreciate that, I guess, you know. 
Right. So if the if someone on iPhone wanted to download the Rubber Ducky App Store, they should be able to download the Rubber Ducky App Store. Yes, <laughs> and if they aren't allowed to, then uh, the law. I don't know. <laughs> right. But there is another quality of life issue that got got introduced. Not quality of life, but quality of life improvement. Oh, yes, improvement. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, this is something that I um, I discovered. Do you want to take this away or should I? Yeah, so pretty much like if you're a mobile user, you'll notice that the mobile player got a little bit of a change and you'll see that there's a like and dislike and a couple of lip buttons on the bottom left corner if you're viewing it sideways. And now we just tap the button, they tap your screen on the empty space. You'll see the button just pop up. Hmm. I... Oh wow! If you if you hover over the image, it allows you to like see the changes. But uh, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I I noticed this change. Like, I'm 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 seeming a bit more over enthusiastic because uh, it's like yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess. But I I noticed this firsthand, so it was it was it's just a little different from you know. Uh, I just noticed that the UI got updated, and it was... Uh, the only thing I don't like is that the autoplay uh, button, it looks like it's on, even though it's not from the older uh, ones. Right. Um, but uh, from the older version. But uh, no, I, I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, and you can read comments in, in uh, landscape. Mm. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> just a minor update on that uh, another a minor update we also have too is something to do with Amazon Prime price hike oh shit that sucks no this is definitely not good for the player no it is not uh, that's yeah it's going up to $15 or $14.99 if you want to be specific uh, you know um it went from ten bucks to now it was thirteen, and now it's fifteen. So, uh, and it's gonna total one hundred thirty-nine per year. So, it's it, um, it's gonna kick in the eighteenth for new customers, but if you're already subscribed, it won't, it won't uh, happen until you, you renew after the twenty-fifth. Yeah. Um, so sign up now, uh, I guess, you know, before the 18th. Yeah, sign up now uh, or get fucked. Basically, driver and FE for style. I mean, I would highly recommend you get this price now, so that way if any of you need your rubber duckies or Hatsune Miku figures. I'm going to find out your address and send you an entire <laughs> fucking bucket worth of them <laughs> and so you can shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> 
It'll be in like a shitty cardboard box that looks like it came from the deep web, and you'll just be like, you'll you'll just hear the the you know, mail driver come by, and then step out, and it's a big box, and it's just full of rubber duckies of different assortments. You know, matter of fact, I'm fucking going on Amazon right now and looking them up. All right. Uh, imagine doing the hillbillies and rubber duckies at the same time. That'd be terrifying. Shh. <laughs> All right. It's an order. <laughs> I, I, I found a like. I found like a a a bunch of like different assortments. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You can even buy them on Walmart. <laughs> I can't wait. Anyways, oh, uh, you can see here that Amazon is the reason they're trying. They they say they're doing it because of the expansion of Prime perks, along with higher wager co wage costs and transportation costs. And you could see that they're saying that as with the last time around, you could likely blame Amazon's even ever more ambitious Prime Video plans for some of the increase. And this is because you can see here the upcoming Lord of the Rings series is expected to cost $465 million for the first season. And they're trying to acquire the MGM who owns James Bond. I see. Think of it this way. That means in the future, if we ever have to get, if they ever want to do, you know, James 007, the 64 game. No, no, we would have to buy it on Amazon. Oh, it's actually more complicated than that because you'd have to have Microsoft who owns Rare, Nintendo who has who originally had the game rights to it, and you have to talk to Amazon. Mm, I don't know about that. Oh, that's... Uh, no, that's bad. That is terrible. Yeah, I don't no, like that. MGM, Nintendo, and Microsoft to talk about GoldenEye. Yeah, and then talk about this 50-pack uh, of rubber duckies <laughs> that I need to ship to your address right now. <laughs> <laughs> Unit count, 50 count. Squeak. When you squeeze the rubber duckies, they'll make a lovely sound like BBB. Perfect for jello baby shower favors. <laughs> Bunny. With each weight only about 6.8 grams, bat ducks can float upright. Make baby enjoy shower time. Adorable. Super cute characters. Bright yellow for visual stimulation. Kids never stop playing with them. High quality. Thankfully, it won't be toxic, so you can't uh, choke on them. Uh, oh right. my god, they have glow-in-the-dark ones? <laughs> so you're saying? Yeah. Anyways. Um... Well, the article also mentioned that they're not blaming it on heart, financial hardship because, well, 
Amazon's net profit jumped nearly 57%. <laughs> so... They're not complaining about people trying to escape Amazon's empire. Uh, anything else you want to add to this price increase before I move on? Uh, yes, the rubber ducks are about the size of a quarter. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, buy a few more for you. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Amazon, boys. Okay. Um, our next topic is that we got some Elon Musk and Tesla news to talk about. And the first thing we're going to talk about here is the fact that Elon Musk has been dealing with a teenager who's been tracking him with a Twitter account. Yeah. So pretty much a guy named Jack Sweeney runs a Twitter account that tracks Elon Musk's private jet. And Musk tried to offer the guy $5,000 to shut the, down the account. But the, t- the teenager rejected it because it wasn't enough to replace the satisf- satisfaction he gets from running the account. Oh, yeah, this guy. Uh, oh, my God. Imagine holding a billionaire's, like... Private jet taking off, like his schedule ransom. <laughs> oh God! And then Musk said in a tweet earlier in the month that social media accounts discussing his whereabouts were becoming a security issue. Sweet discussed with Musk how his bots were able to track the jet and give technical advice on how the billionaire could just make his jet less trackable. <sighs> And this is a conversation. How about 5K for this account and generally helping make it harder for pretty people to track me? And so he's wrong. Sounds doable. Account and all may ha- my help. Any chance up at the 50,000? And then he said, oh, yeah, by the way, you could you could buy me a Model 3 and, and uh, some college funding, man. <laughs> Oh God! And the Swedish said college funding and told the billionaire the money could go towards buying a Tesla Model Three. He says I've done a lot of work on this, and five K is not enough. He added that five thousand dollars not enough to replace the fun I have in this working on it. In the message that Insider at Review, Musk said he would think about Sweeney's counteroffer, then later said it doesn't feel right to sh- pay to shut this down. Huh. This, this, this guy, he knows how to swindle, I swear. <laughs> He's like, nah, I'll put the 50k. Ah, God. And then as it says here, Sweeney told Insider that Musk appeared to have implemented some of his technical advice using a blocking system that changes his jet's identifier and makes it harder to track. And Sweeney just said, I just have to work around it. You know, um, 
it, it's it's just it's fucking hilarious. That's all I could say. <laughs> like, I mean, I know it's like this guy is like a bit afraid of like I know Elon is a bit afraid of like security, I guess, and people tracking him and using that as like actual like you know an actual thing, but you know actual problem. But you gotta hand it to this kid. He's he's really like he he's he's doing his best to like squeeze as much out of the out of this uh you know apparent security flaw, I guess. Right. And it says in the like, at the end of the article here, it says while at college, Sweeney has a part time job working for a company called Uber Jets, where he builds a platform to help track chartered flights so the company can find clients cheaper seats. He edited that work that his work on the Elon Musk's jet account is on his GitHub, meaning he can show it to his employers. Oh. oh wow. You know, it's just—I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Holy shit, that's fucking. It, it's just like this fucking. It's just a random. What is he? Nineteen years old. Uh, is that what the article said? Yeah, nineteen years old, and he, like, he he is literally trying to, like. Like, uh, he knows that this rich dude is, you know, one of the richest people in the world, of course, and he's holding information ransom almost. I, I just, I, I, I just love this. It's like, it's like a villain. It's like a villain plot, but it's so innocent too, because it's just public information that Elon Musk doesn't want people to just have instantly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Is there anything else you want to add to this it, this whole conversation before we move on? Uh, no. It's just like, uh, I, I, I can't tell you how fascinated I am in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because of that. You know, like the, the whole idea that he's of like, able to use like the public infrastructure tracking information to be able to pinpoint using bots to get to his account is pretty impressive work. Well, it could also lead to some privacy concerns too. Like I think the work overall is quite impressive to say the least. And the yeah, it's yeah, it's like seeing like uh, you know a hacker on a on a, a, a movie who knows every damn thing you know can track your every location sort of stuff but it's like real almost and i mean i know it's he's a public figure elon musk so it's a little bit more easier than just a, some private citizen but you get what i mean it's just like uh, i could pinpoint somebody like that and just the, it's just their flights to wherever he goes every time Right, of course. Anyway. Yeah. Another issue with the talk about the relating to Tesla is the fact that there has been more than 817 cars that were called over faulty seatbelt chimes. Oh. 
So proved the issue, according to Associated Port, said that they issued a recall for 817,143 cars over a flaw in seatbelt chime functionality. All Model 3 and Model Y cars, as well as 2021 newer Model S and Model X cars, have a software error that prevents the chime from sounding on startup if the chime was interrupted and the seatbelt wasn't fastened. And this problem could be occurred just by closing the door just as leaving the vehicle. And they say that the automaker planned to fix the seatbelt shine bug by releasing an over-the-air update sometime in early February. And while there are no reports of injuries and the visual seatbelt alert still appears properly, South Korean testers first discovered the problem on January 6th, and Tesla decided a recall necessary on January 25th following an investigation. So this is the little chime that plays when you don't have your seatbelt fastened and the car is on, right? Pretty much. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I know it's like a, isn't it like a legal thing? Unless it's New Hampshire or something. I have no idea. Uh, I, 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 I only assume because like it's a legal thing because it had to be a recall. But I mean, it's just a little bum, bum, bum that plays whenever your seatbelt isn't, isn't fastened, you know? Uh, I mean, hey, it's a thing, I guess. The, yeah. the poor people who had to drive back to, like, a Tesla dealer or something, just get it fixed, <laughs> or something. Yeah. It also notes that there's a lot of other issues going on with Tesla. For instance, just a few days after a recall for a full self-driving bug, is that it just came after a few days of a recall for a full self-driving bug, and while the NFHTSA is currently investigating a string of incidents where cars using autopilot crash into emergency vehicles, a driver is currently facing felony charges for an autopilot-related crash as well. That on top of recalls for physical problems like camera, trunk, and suspension defects, which I believe we talked about something similar with that, with the at least maybe the trunk, but I know we talked about that with the key fob. Yeah, that that key fob uh, situation, um, quite a quite a funny uh, little thing. <laughs> You're uh, locked out of your vehicle. Good job. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So uh, therefore, it's like overall, it seems like a lot of things with these recent Tesla vehicles have just been kind of mired in minor controversies. Yeah, I mean, early adopters sort of fees are pretty much like you know, uh, at this point, it's like beta testing i guess you know uh, unfortunately some people are becoming felons because the autopilot crash <laughs> and uh you know crashing into emergency vehicles that are supposed to save people's lives that's uh, a little bit more serious than falling through the map in a video game or something yeah they get not working just yeah it's playing grand theft auto the trilogy edition and falling in the bottom of a map spike by existing, yes. Or, or, just wandering down through the park, and all of a sudden, ice shards come falling from the sky, but they're actually rain. Yeah. They're actually raindrops. That game is filled with way too many freaking bugs for itself good, I swear to God. 
why did you hand it off to some random studio that you rebranded as Grove Street Games that have no respect for the actual art? Oh my god. Or maybe they were just really rushed. I don't know. It's kind of stupid. Though. Right. I know it was the... Uh, if they could have just did like a an update, like a minor, like a major update that just made it so you could play it at 60 FPS without any issues and not just touch the graphics at all and just allowed it to be able to play at any frame rate even you know like give it a, a small facelift that allows it to be played on modern hardware easily you know right or just add rubber duckies and everything will be all better yeah and then i'm gonna uh, leave but uh not before we uh mention um you know <laughs> Right. <laughs> Anyways, we have to say rest in peace to a fellow comrade. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, you know, my, uh, my exposure to this person, yes, uh, is all thanks to, uh, his parody channel. But, uh, <sighs> Gilvasunner. <laughs> or Silvagunner. <sighs> so pretty yeah. uh, sorry go on you were uh Silvagana has um ran into 1300 copyright blocks from Nintendo and it received another 2200 blocks on the 1st of February mm -hmm. of this year. And there's many more to follow. Um, and he is deleting Gilva Sunner on YouTube. But as far as right now, February uh, 8th, 9th is 12 o'clock right now on Eastern Coast. So uh, 12 to 9th, as far as I know, let me look him up right now before something breaking news happens and we're just like oh yeah but by the way he's yeah, okay okay so uh so as far as we know yeah silver gunner is still a thing oh shit oh my god that athletic theme so his parody channel is still up but uh gilva sunner is uh gone um this was like a high quality rip um, channel, and Silvagana was uh, a parody channel of that, um, including many memes from uh, one of my favorite Twitch streamers. Um, no names mentioned, but uh, Granddad! Anyway, um, so uh, I, I hope that there are better horizons out there for this person. I hope that there's more to it than just uploading music and then bye-bye, you know? Like, oh, there's more to it. That's my that's my exposure to uh, Gilva, and I don't know where... Uh, I don't know where else to, you know... What else to say or where else to stand about it? Right. Rest now, in peace, 
Rest in peace, I guess, that channel. Right. Now, if only Nintendo would actually upload like 90% of their soundtracks to iTunes and Spotify and YouTube Music and everywhere else, oh, that'd be great. But unfortunately, they don't do that for most of their stuff. So it relies on people that are willing to do it themselves, but Nintendo is still like, nope. And it's truly a shame about that. Like, I wish most of the Nintendo soundtrack could just be available on, like, Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, just for the sake of... You can have an easy way to listen to them and not risk getting yourself copyright just because you wanted to listen to music. Um... Do you have anything else to say about this, Alpaca? So hopefully my internet dying didn't uh, postpone any, um, anything. Anyways, <laughs> um, but as I was saying, um, now if Nintendo didn't just, you know, up, just uploaded all the... Ah, hang on, I'm going to redo that again. Now, if Nintendo would just upload all their soundtracks to like Spotify, Apple Music, or YouTube Music, or whatever, then people won't be inclined to upload all these songs on like YouTube, and then yeah, you should just freaking just copyright strikes all these channels down. Oh yeah, but but the Pokemon Company has no problem uploading the original Diamond and Pearl uh, soundtrack. The entire yeah, but audio that's, library. that's a slow and steady process, because where's the Sun and Moon soundtrack? Where's the Sword and Shield soundtrack? Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like... Like, it's... I don't know. It's just... This frustrates me, because even though I don't know the person really well, or have an attachment as much as the person who introduced me to them, um... Just, it's... This 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 can't be easy, you know. That's all I'm saying, you know. Oh, definitely not. Uh, yeah. So all I can just say is, yeah. If Nintendo just upload your soundtracks, like literally as much of your soundtracks as you can to all these different music streaming sites, or just make them available for people, and then you don't have to risk people like Gilva Sunner uploading your entire soundtracks on YouTube, so you don't have to copyright strike them down to death. But, oh, well, I just hope that they're not that old-fashioned that they're like, well, why don't you just go back to your NES and, like, listen to it? Why don't you go back to your SNES and listen to it through the uh, console chip tune, you know? Or just be like, go to, like, one of the more recent Smash games that have, like, over a thousand so freaking sound songs on them. Like, why don't you just go to freaking Smash Brothers and use their Switch as an MP3 player? Yeah, why not, you know? Obviously, you know... It fits in your pocket, right? Can't be more different than having a Walkman in the back of your pocket, you know? Yeah, the Switch is literally, like, just barely big enough to fit in some pockets. 
but it, it, yeah. that, that and a headphone jack will not work. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> Especially um, more feminine pants. The pockets are so shallow or non-existent, and they, they're just fake <laughs> pockets. Yeah, they force you to use purses, which I feel bad for them. Yeah, certainly. I such a fucking iron grip. Frederick's fashion industry, man. What making women suffer with poor small pockets? Yeah, and the pink tax, which yeah. I don't know if it actually exists, but anyways, sorry. <laughs> Make all the clothing gender neutral and solve all the world problems. <laughs> yeah. Finally, we could be the Celtic men that wear like giant skirts in battle. Fucking <laughs> rubber ducky. <laughs> Are you not familiar like the Celtic garnishment that they have? Like when they wear like, actually wear like skirts and stuff. Familiar. I'm also. Not, not on. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, yes, that's my response. <laughs> or we could just have like World of Warcraft paladin robes and actually make them successful, acceptable to society. We need tunics in fashion again. Absolutely, dude. I would freaking rock a tunic if that was a fashion. Yeah. Be like the Romans. Be better than dressing up like an emo, like Slender Man. <laughs> what if you could just cross different fashion trends? Like, you could have the long banged ghetto like a emo person, but then you have like a freaking Togo. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I'll be in my waifus. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyways. There's so much fashion crossover that could happen. So much. I could wear this microphone stand. <laughs> Did you just have sex or... with your microphone? <laughs> the fuck you say to me? The way you used it, like... <laughs> I could finally be accepted into the baby metal clan. <laughs> this is a dream come true. <laughs> I swear, you I... probably want to say that as a third preset. <laughs> uh... No. <laughs> Just have some rubber duckies. <laughs> the rubber ducky episode. Finally, rubber duckies and review Tech USA. Yes. Can be in the same episode. Oh, yeah, certainly. That would be the most astounding. <laughs> Could you pull that off? <laughs> uh, 
what if we made rubber duckies completely hypnotic and, and seizure inducing? <laughs> or what Satanic. if. <laughs> Kill me! Just kidding. Or alpaca coin. Just buy that, everybody. Screw the NFT stuff. Alpaca coin the future. Yeah. You know, yeah, I all, wonder what. It's all the Ethereum what, blockchain. It's fine. Yeah, it's definitely fine. <laughs> definitely not uh, gonna cause a radioactive uh, uh, decay. <laughs> So what do we have here? Sonic? Sonic Packa? Uh... Okay, uh... And that is where I, uh... Say, uh... Remove... Yes... And we never talked about this again. <laughs> Except for Satanic Duck. <laughs> <sighs> um... Yeah... All right. Oh, we have so much fun with rubber duckies tonight. <laughs> All right. Um, as per usual, we try to feature comments of the day, and unfortunately for this episode, we have none, as per usual, nope. these days, um, because... We don't have a lot of our audience likes to be silent. Yeah, That's but okay. it's alright. Yeah, it's alright to be silent. No worries. If any of you just feel like coming out of the cave, that's always fine too. Yeah. But we just like to have a segment where we can comment and chat with the viewers. So if any of you guys want to come out of your cave, that'd be awesome. But it's okay if you want to be quiet too. We understand. Yeah. And until then, I'm Hyatt Joy of 99. And I want to suplex Bobby Kodak down a staircase. <laughs> and we'll see everyone next.